Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Guess what day it is? Huh? Hump day! Good morning, everyone. Happy hump day with... Carrie Davis, Randy Carricker, Matthew Rocchio on 101 ESPN. I pause there because it's kind of hump day, but it's not really hump day because it's Wednesday, but we don't have Friday this week. It's hump day-ish. Yeah. So, hump day-ish. Yeah. We, we, are, we are one day away, Randy, from a four-day weekend. Four-day weekend, yeah. Getting ready for the holidays. We got Christmas music coming up here on this show. be fun, and uh, we try to make you happy. We're, hey, uh, Tell me this, Kerry Davis. Is John Mosaic like a hard worker? I think he's a hard worker. Then if he's a hard worker, then why the hell are we waking up to the Mets having Carlos Correa, not the Cardinals? <laughs> That's a very good question. What a shocker. That that was. I, I mean, there was the news reported last night that the deal with the Jets was on hold, or the press conference Giants. was Giants, sorry, with the Giants was on hold because of uh, a medical issue that they that came up during this physical. And I was telling you that sometimes, you know, different teams check different things. And we don't know. Obviously, we'll never know what the medical issue was. But the Mets felt that it wasn't an issue, so we're going to sign them. How about the Mets? How much money do they actually have? I think it's unlimited. (laughs) It's got to be. I mean, the amount of money that they're spending on players this offseason if they don't win a championship, so we talked about the, the 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 Rams, you know, selling out to win a championship. We talked about the Lakers selling out. They won championships, right? If the Mets don't win a championship with after spending all of this money, how how where does that fall in the in the history of just terrible moves and decisions financially? It will be right there at the top of the list, and. They're going to have these guys for a long time. Lindor is signed for the next decade. Now Correa is signed for the next decade. You're going to have to sign Pete Alonso. You've signed Brandon Nimmo to a monster contract. Last year, you had signed Starling Marte to a big contract. They are going to be, in six years, a franchise that has a lot of older players. And by the way, at least Correa is a guy that's broken down in the past that on the back end of these contracts could look really bad because you have to have the guys on your on the roster at least yeah i mean they, i mean but this is they didn't they aren't they the same organization that that pays um bobby bonilla yeah, they are. Yeah, so yeah, they, they right. have no issue deferring money until <laughs> later dates. <laughs> it's amazing. 12 years, $315 million as Correa walks out on the Giants' 13-year, $350 million deal. And so he is going to be, Correa is a member of the Mets, by the way. He's going to play third. Lindor is going to play shortstop. Last night in Seattle, the Blues saw their four-game winning streak go by the boards in a 5-2 loss to the Seattle Kraken. 
kind of disappointing that the Blues weren't able to keep things going, but it's uh, it, that's just the way this team is. And, hey, it was their fourth game in six nights. Uh, it was the end of a road, well, not the end of a road trip, but the, the fourth game of a five-game trip. And it was just uh, not great. one nothing after a period in favor of the Kraken. Carson Soucy scores midway through the second to make it two in favor of Seattle. And then uh, six minutes and 58 seconds later, Daniel Sprong increased the lead. Blues clear the puck. Levo has the line, but it's swept off his stick by Susie. Tenev's going to rim it around off Morgan Geeky. Breakaway coming the other way. Sprong shoots and scores. He was coming off the bench in a line change, and it's 3 0 Seattle. 3 2 to go in the second period. And Seattle goes on to win it by a score of 5 2. Really not a. Very impressive performance by the Blues. Yeah, you, they got down early. Um, there was an opportunity, I think, midway through the second period where Torbchenko had a had a breakaway. Should have probably put it in the net, but um, chose to go with the backhand, and, and it didn't go in. That that would have tied the game up, and I think would have made things a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, made them feel a little bit more comfortable. But, uh, you know, you get down 3-0, and it's going to be a, a tough hole to climb out of and they weren't able to do it. Obviously, Kairou didn't play last night right. as well. You know, so you, you have that. But... I'm not too disappointed, Randy. Normally, when we come in here after a loss, you're frustrated and you feel like, oh, that was t-. As you said, they had a four-game win streak. They've been playing very well. A couple of guys not playing last night. And so you feel like if everything is – I talked about it before. Injuries have been have been kind of the Achilles heel for this team when guys are out. Mm-hmm. So hopefully everyone is healthy for the next game and they're ready to roll. And at the end of the game the other night in Vancouver, the Canucks were roughing up. Jordan Cairo, and yeah. apparently he suffered a concussion there, so hopefully that is a mild concussion. Yeah, Nate Dub said it. I think Nate Dub said he wanted to go get him. Go, yeah. get, go get the guy that was... Uh, he got a penalty rate at the 20-minute yeah, mark. He, he, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, so hey, hey, that's the time to do it at the 20-minute mark. But Indeed. you get, get your money's worth. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Craig Berube on the 5-2 loss. I think they, they you know, we we didn't uh, manage the puck very well. They, they, they checked well. They're on us. We didn't have time and space. And, you know, we didn't we didn't uh, do the right things with the puck. That's that's probably the bottom line with it all. And the Blues will take on the Vegas Golden Knights tomorrow night in Vegas. You know, I... I, I or Friday night, I'm sorry. When I'm watching them at times, they are passing the puck so hard to one another. And they are very close. It's like they don't have... And I think that causes some of the turnovers or, or just not receiving the puck very well. I don't know. I, I thought I saw this one day. Do hockey players take um, – we used to catch eggs in football. Mm-hmm. Like we would we in the summertime because it helps you learn how to be yeah, soft yeah, with your sense. hands. Do hockey players do that with, with eggs? Do they do they go on the ice and, and pass I don't think eggs? they do. That no, might help. I've never seen that. That might help. It helps you receive yeah, and not be it. so hard with the with the stick on the on the puck. I don't know how, how well it would work on ice, but – we used to catch eggs when we that's were a great we were, idea. when we were playing uh, football that's in college. Going to soften your yeah. hand, you, right? you ha- and, and the fir- you would back up further. You can, you could be 10, 12 yards apart, yeah. and still be able to receive that egg and not have the have it break in your hand. Did you get to the point where it never did? No, it was always going to break at some point. You get 15, 20 yards, it, yeah. it, it doesn't matter how soft your hands are. Brandon Lloyd, though, was I think he was the originator of that in college, and yeah. and he would he had some of the best hands ever. So. He did, yeah. Uh, speaking of 
the uh, the NBA now. Matt Nashiba, former Michigan State basketball player, now evidently a billionaire because he has $4 billion to buy the Phoenix Suns from Robert Sarver. He's going to buy that franchise for a record $4 billion, and that'll end Robert Sarver's tumultuous tenure there. And that should be a crown jewel franchise. In that market, they love the Suns. They draw well. They've got a decent history despite uh, no championships. But that's a, a franchise that should be really attractive to free agents. And with a new guy getting involved, I, I would think that it will be. And I would not be surprised now that Magic Johnson doesn't have any affiliation with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. If I were Matt Ashiba, and I'm a Michigan State guy, and Magic's a Michigan State guy. Yeah. I want him involved with the organization somehow. I don't know that Magic would go that far. I think he may not be involved with the Lakers, but he's always yeah, Jerry a Laker. West left. Yeah, but Magic is is Magic. Like Jerry, he did leave. He went to multiple organizations yeah. and helped those out. Um, you know, I think that that as you said, the Suns are a great organization. What they have on the court. Is, is outstanding. Monty Williams as, as the head coach, you got great leaders like Chris Paul and, 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 and Devin Booker. And so you have a team that they can build around that, that went to the finals a couple of years ago, has a chance to be a really good team, still one of the top teams in the West. And if you can, I guess, build up the culture around the team and the offices, because that was from, from all of the reports you hear about Sarver, all of the things that he was doing and saying and, and just the culture of, of how that organization was ran, it was awful. So yeah, you get someone yeah, in terrible. there now that will be able to hopefully run things in the correct manner. That just uplifts everyone in, in the organization and, and has them feeling better about coming to work and doing their job. And Kerry, how about this? In 2014, Steve Ballmer spent a record $2 billion on the Clippers. That was 2014. 2017, Tillman Fertitta purchased the Rockets for $2.2 billion. 2019, that record was broken when Joe Sy bought the Nets for $2.35 billion. The old record was $2.35 billion. Apparently, Matt Ashiba forgot that three exists and just went from two point three five to four billion dollars. Uh, hey, you want? He's outbidding himself. Yeah, I yeah. don't know if he had any competition, but he wanted to make sure that he got it. And if you got it, yeah, go get it. Got it. And <laughs> sad news today from. Uh, Kerry's old team, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the city of Pittsburgh, Hall of Fame running back Franco Harris passed away at the age of 72. We're only two days away from the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, one of the all-time greats. And he was a guy that back in the day, you knew he was going to get the football and he still piled up a bunch of yards. And he was one of the centerpiece players, I would argue, even with with Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw got benched at times. I I think Franco was the centerpiece of the the Steel Curtain team's offense. I think, well, first of all, my condolences to Franco Harris's family, uh, his Penn State family, his Pittsburgh Steelers family, all of the fans that that enjoyed watching him play. And and I will say this, I've met Franco on a number of occasions, uh, spent time with him, talked with him. He is an outstanding man. And I I never, I, I was thinking about this coming in this morning. I'm trying to think of a moment where he didn't have a smile on his face. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, he always seemed to be smiling and, and j- cheerful and joyful to be, you know, in those environments and around those guys. And, you know, he, he, he had an aura about him that you knew what that Steelers team, that, that Steel Curtain team meant to, to the city of Pittsburgh and to all of us, form, you know, players that came after those guys. We knew that there was a standard that we had to live up to. Um, and, and Franco Harris was, was really the ideal uh, of that standard. So, you know, my condolences to them. And, and, you know, Franco was just a great man, great person, and a great football player. And life speeds by so fast. The Cardinals in the last several years, losing Lou Brock, losing Bob Gibson, losing Bruce Suter. 
and we have to remember that it was 50 years ago that that team was playing. And so those guys are 75, 80, yeah. 85 years old. And so you have to savor the moments that yeah. you have, especially for us that aren't around them all the time. You have to savor the moments that you have an opportunity to be around those folks. One of the coolest things that I, I've, I've done a lot of great things and, and been fortunate to be a part of a lot of great things. But one of the best things that I was able to be a part of, our 2008 Super Bowl team, shared uh, uh, the room with the 78 Super Bowl team. And so it was all of us in there. And the stories that those guys had on stage and they were telling, uh, I, I feel like I was sitting at Franco's table. Franco and I were sitting at the same table. So, you know, just that moment, um, just to be around those guys and share that time with them was absolutely amazing. Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, Matthew Rocchio, we are off and running here on 101 ESPN, and it is the last Wednesday before Christmas. That means it's the last Ask Uncle Randy before Christmas 2023. I know you're thinking about it. What am I going to do? How am I going to get through this? That's why Uncle Randy is here. That's why uh, Cousin Kerry is here. That's why Matthew is here. Nephew Matthew. Uh, and uh, that's why we're here for you. 65780 is Air Comfort Service text line. Whatever you need help with, we're here to help here on 101 ESPN. Last chance for the Steelers. Bradshaw trying to get away. And his pass is broken up by Tatum. Tipped off. Rachel Harris has it. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Got a question for Uncle Randy? Let him dive into his infinite well filled with wisdom to find you answers. Text 65780. It's Ask Uncle Randy on 101 ESPN. It's time for Ask Uncle Randy here on 101 ESPN. The text line is open now, brought to you by Air Comfort Services. It's 65780, Carrie, Matthew, and Randy. All right. Uh, what do the masses want to know about, Matthew? What, are, what do they need help with? You're, you shouldn't be surprised here. We have one just that you, you really would expect. Dear okay. Uncle Randy and Cousin Carrie, my wife and I have three kids. Congratulations. We've waited too long this year to buy everything, which is characteristic of us. Mm-hmm. We've not started to wrap yet. Usually we go out and see a bunch of Christmas lights. We have a monster favorite show to go to. What happened? My wife and I are stressed all all this time cleaning up. We need a little help, Randy. We need a little advice. How to get through the Christmas season, I guess. Okay. Well, it should not be difficult to wrap presents, all right? Uh, Whoever the best wrapper is, all right, somebody's going to have to sacrifice here and not see the Christmas lights either tonight or tomorrow. And for those of you that are youngsters that are sitting in the back seat of a car, yeah, mom and dad are going to give you a few gifts. Yeah, Santa brings most of them, but mom and dad want to grab... wrap some gifts too and they don't want to wrap them in front of you because it's got to be a surprise right so here's the thing somebody's going to have to sacrifice and miss out on seeing the christmas lights so that the kids the three can hop in the car with mom or dad and go see christmas lights while mom or dad does the wrapping well i was going to say i mean i'm assuming that they're younger kids since Mm -hmm. they are all going to see the christmas lights younger ish the kids got to go to sleep at some point so yeah you, you you wrap them while the kids are asleep 
and that way you if you both have time or both are, are good rappers you let them you put them down let them go to bed close your door lock it mm-hmm. if, yep. if you can yep. to make sure they don't walk in and see you all uh rapping presents yep. and that way you can get it all done and you, you'll sacrifice some sleep but you don't have to sacrifice missing the lights and by the way it's not stressful it's adrenaline it's fun this is, the holiday season is fun so don't look at it as stress just look at it as an opportunity to get your adrenaline flowing Fair enough. Dear Uncle Randy and Cousin Carrie, I just started dating a girl and I don't want and I want to get her something for Christmas, but I don't know how much I want to spend. Don't want to ask her either because I don't want her to feel obligated to get me something. Was thinking about getting her blues tickets. She does really want to go. I, I have a little yeah, thing. You have no problem there. there it, you go. The, that is the play. Blues tickets are the play. Especially if you can get tickets for this holiday season run. I think 27th, 29th, 31st. Blues are at home. That way you're pretty sure that you'll still be dating by the time you go to the game. You don't want to give her tickets that she's taking another guy to a game for in April or something like that. That'd be bad. Yeah, so I would recommend the Blues tickets. I don't think that you can go wrong there. It's a great way to spend time together. It's a great way to bond. Here's what I, uh, I I apparently learned something this week, uh, so I'm, I'm gonna throw this out there and see if it, if this pertains to this one. Okay. Should he let her know that he's thinking about getting her something, so that she isn't in the awkward situation of receiving a gift on Christmas or around Christmas and not having one to give in return? Because well, apparently that could be something bad, as if you don't give people the chance to kind of return a gift and you put them in the awkward situation of only being receiving. Well. Because you didn't talk talk about it beforehand. Yeah, maybe that's something to discuss. Okay, I'm just I'm just <laughs> saying you don't want her to feel bad that, that you get her something and then she's like sitting well, there just it, so not with something to give because it, it's all about giving. Here's the thing: it is the season of giving, and you know if you are giving a gift, you, you I generally this is my rule of thumb: if you're giving someone a gift, you don't have to expect anything in return. No expectations. No right. expectations. You are doing that because you want to do that. But, but it's you're not saying, from your. It's not from I want to get something from them. It's you don't want to put them in the situation of not knowing. Hey, we're going to do a gift exchange, and I want to have something to I, give I can you as well. Because he says he doesn't. He doesn't want to ask her because he doesn't want her to get him well, something. Just, I would. I would say, do you want to? Do you want to exchange gifts? Exactly. Do you want to? If not, cool. I can. We can just use these tickets that I was going to give you as a gift mm-hmm. and go to a game anyways. Yeah. And that way you don't have any, you don't run into any issues. I just thought I'd throw it out there because it, 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 it popped up. It sounds like something that's pretty close to home, actually. It, <laughs> we live <laughs> and we learn <laughs> and then in turn we pass along those lessons to others. Valuable information. That's, that's, that's being, what we do here. Being shared here yes, exactly. from 7 to 10 a.m. Yep. Every, every morning. <laughs> yep. Uncle Randy, I want to surprise my wife with a steak from our new Texas Roadhouse in Fenton's. They have a drive-thru. Do I still pip when I pick up? A hundred percent. You always tip. Is it a smaller tip? Now, is it like ten percent or instead of twenty? I, I, I would say, I'm different. I'm weird. I like to tip because people work hard. Uh, but that being said, I would say that the the tip generally, the minimum tip for somebody that goes to the trouble to pack your food up in the bag and get it to you and get you an accurate order is ten percent. So th- this this brings my question. Do you tip people at McDonald's or Chick-fil-A or No, because it's not unusual for them. That's the thing. It's no uh, at, at That's where my so, problem so somebody lies. Somebody that's serving tables at the the Road Crib is actually they're they're getting tips and the people that I don't think the people that are serving carry out people should be penalized because of the part where they work. I just don't like to be forced to tip. 
on on those situations. Mm-hmm. Like if you're at a restaurant and you're and you're you, you obviously yeah. you tip then. Yeah. I will give the the person that brings out the food. I will give them five dollars. Yeah. That, that, that's generally you know here you go. It's but, fifty dollar order. It's ten percent. There you go. But my my issue is. When I go to some of these, as I said, during the pandemic, yep. some of those fast food restaurants started asking for tips. And I'm like, are you, are y'all serious? Yeah. You can't be serious. Not for a fast food restaurant. So, yeah. And by the way, if somebody does provide exceptional service, where did I go yesterday? Uh, I, I went somewhere. I don't I don't even remember where it was, but uh, somebody did a particularly good job, was working hard, so I gave her an extra 10 bucks. Uh I don't even remember where it was, but because if somebody is working exceptionally hard, I think I, I like to recognize that. I agree. Fair enough, okay. Randy. Uh, even in this time of Christmas, we got a baseball question here. Dear Uncle Randy, please help me. Is there anyone left the Cardinals might realistically sign? Maybe Adam Adovino. Maybe not just Adovino, but he'd be my guy. That type of guy, that veteran reliever that we've talked about. But the Cardinals have their starting pitchers, right? We they, they say they have six and. If they add their minor leaguers, they'll they'll probably tell you that they have eight. Mm-hmm. They have enough relief arms. They just don't have a, enough veteran, in my opinion, presence back there. Hey, th- this is going to be your group. The, your roster is here now. Your two catchers are going to be Contreras and Kisner. Your infielders are going to be Arenado, Edmund, DeYoung, uh Gorman, Donovan, Goldie. And your outfield is probably going to be Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, Lars Newtbar, and Alec Burleson. I would think that that'll be your group. Your roster will come from that. You don't, do you think that there's a little bit there, there? There could be a little bit of frustration from Cardinals fans because we talked all all as soon as the season yeah. ended, how much money, how much revenue was gained, and how much mm-hmm. the the payroll would go up this this off season. Do you think there would be a little bit of frustration from Cardinal fans because? The only big splash you made was Wilson Contreras. I think even rational Cardinal fans have the right to be a little bit perturbed. Now, were the Cardinals going to be in the hunt for any of those shortstops? No, that wasn't going to happen. And that wasn't realistic. Yesterday? Hmm? Who? Correa. Oh, yeah. But I'm talking about realistic and rational, right? (laughs) But uh, no, I, I, I think that there, and that's one thing, if you want to enhance your starting pitching depth, with a guy that's still on the market. They could do that. They could get a reasonable guy. I don't think the team is as good as it could have been for what would have been, to me, a reasonable investment. And I'm pretty reasonable. So I would hope that a reasonable investment for me would be a reasonable investment for the Cardinals. Randy, they already signed uh, Quintana, Adovino, and Robertson. Just if you wait another week, the Mets are going to pick off every other reliever. <laughs> oh, they, the the they got Adovino, yeah. Oh, they got him back? Okay. They did. Yep. So. Absolutely ridiculous. Yep. So just we're two days from now, that half the list you just threw out there is going to be yeah. called down to, to, to nothing thanks to Steve Cohen and the New York Mets. Randy and Carrie, I'm in a football text pool against the spread at work with one other guy. We text each other our picks, but he looks at my picks first before texting me his picks. Is he cheating? Yes. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> my, my guy, why are you asking this? In why week do you 16? keep texting it first? Especially if you're good. <laughs> yes, yeah. of course. How did it take you till what you all should do is yeah. write it week down week on 16? a sheet of paper mm-hmm. and exchange. If that's I, I don't text it to him so he can take a look at it and yeah. decide after that. Write it down on a sheet of paper and then set the sheet of paper on top of a newspaper with the date. There you go. 
Randy, uh, that dear, means you have to buy a newspaper. <laughs> dear Uncle Randy, I have to wrap a bunch of presents. How many can I get away just putting in a bag with tissue paper? Oh, I would no, say dude. if if there are fourteen, fourteen. But, but you have to make it look bag nice. with tissue paper, not, guy. Not, you, the, the, you, the, you not the tissue paper, but the, the, the paper paper. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. The, the, okay. like you, yeah. So you... The wrap, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're making not, tri- isn't that okay. tissue paper? I'm, think, I'm thinking toilet paper when you said it. No, I don't know. No, that's no, where no, my mind... I know what you're talking about. Yes. You're a guy. You might be right. You're... A pro tip. Dollar store today. All right? 14 bags. A bunch of the uh, the tissue paper that they have. Make it look nice. Don't just throw it in there and wrinkle it up. But yeah, that's your play right there. Now, I, I have a tendency to do this. Not 100% of the time, because I think there are probably people in my life that prefer to know that I took some time to wrap the presents. But if you don't want to, there is absolutely nothing wrong with putting everything in a bag. Hmm. I actually enjoy wrapping uh, gifts. Yeah. One of the things they're going to come in and work on the floor, the and they're welcome. I, uh, I was told yesterday that they can work. That on the I enjoy. Floor. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. So I, I have to get to that CD. I have not gotten to uh, the wrapping. I've I, finished I the, the purchasing portion, but I haven't gotten to the wrapping portion. I have a few more gifts to get. Good for you. Last Just, minute. I put my tree up though. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> and so and tomorrow, tomorrow is going to be the ideal shopping day if you have a four wheel <laughs> drive. Right? Because everybody else is going to think, oh, I can't go out and shop. Yes, you can go out and shop. It's just snow. I guarantee you, what you'll deal with tomorrow is no worse than what they deal with in Buffalo on a regular basis. There you go. And you saw the other night, not everybody in Buffalo, they had seven feet of snow a few weeks ago, and not everybody is snowed in. Dear Uncle Randy, my wife is a nurse and works seven to seven Christmas Eve and day, is waking up early to make her breakfast enough. No, you got to give her presents. (laughs) Christmas morning? Come on. No. Yeah, you're going to have to wake up. You're going to have to. You're probably going to have at least one gift in the morning, one gift when she gets, I mean, the rest of the gifts when she gets home. Yep. Breakfast in the morning would be, you know, kind. That'd be great. And have the bed made and fresh and comfortable for her. Yeah, absolutely. You you do everything you can. She not only is she working twelve consecutive is it uh, twenty four or twelve that she's working? Seven a.m. or you said seven, seven to seven Christmas yeah. Eve and day. So the so twelve hours. Okay, so yeah. um, it might be twenty four, but anyway, she's going to be worn out. So just yeah, have everything perfectly set up for her to have breakfast, take a nap, get as much sleep as she needs, and then do the presents after that. Yeah. Somebody says, yeah, Uncle Randy, but it's going to be three inches of snow with 50-mile-per-hour winds. It's going to be 50-mile-per-hour winds? Yeah, who cares? You, you, listen. You're in your car. Yeah, just, Randy. Just don't drive your camper on this trip. Listen, there are people that when you get a little bit of snow, you would think that you would think that we live in a, in a city where you have all four seasons. You get mm-hmm. rain, you get snow, sometimes you get hail, sometimes you get all sleet. You get all types of, of things. Yeah. There are people that act like they've never seen the, the, the weather. When it starts to fall, right? Yeah, and then they drive erratically. They, they shouldn't oh, be yeah. driving. So they, they should my, not. It's my fault. Ice is slippery. <laughs> my, my fault. Ice no, is slippery. It's not your fault that ice is slippery. It's your fault that you're doing ninety on slippery ice. That's that, well, well said, Cindy. <laughs> Absolutely, you shouldn't be doing that. All right, one more. You want to? Uh, it is a Christmas edition of Ask Uncle um, Randy. That, it's a Christmas edition, but honestly, we have. I mean, it's all just people angry about the Cardinals right now. Um, so what's the last? Give me the last angry Cardinal thing, and I'll respond to it. All right, fine. Um, dear Uncle Randy, does DeWitt not have enough pocketbook to get free agents in this market? No, I think you have to look at other ownerships 
Now, is DeWitt ever going to be Steve Cohen and put himself in a position where, and I don't think even Cohen is going to outstrip revenues. Tell me this, the company you work for, you work for do, do you think that they spend more money on the payroll for your company than the company takes in? The Cardinals payroll is going to be about 185, uh, and their revenues will probably be about 300 million, uh, a little over 300 million. And they have other things to spend. You might not realize this, but the, there are other expenditures that a ball club makes other than just the player payroll, especially with a franchise that built its own stadium and has to, has to be debt, pay debt service on the stadium. But they play, pay for first-class travel. They pay for benefits. They pay for employees. They've got 400 employees, the Cardinals do. And so not everything is given to the payroll. And it has nothing to do with how much money the owner has. The, the fact of the matter is the owner is running a business. And the owner is not going to put himself in a... And yes, they want, they want to run a business like most businesses do, where they actually make a little bit of money or a lot of money. Yeah. But I, I would suggest if you want to compare and contrast, look at the market similar to St. Louis. Look at what the Pittsburgh Pirates do. Look at what the Cincinnati Reds do. Look at what the Kansas City Royals do. Look at what the Milwaukee Brewers do. Look at what the Minnesota Twins do. Uh, look at those markets that directly surround St. Louis in market size. And then compare what the Cardinals do to them, rather than trying to compare the Cardinals to the Mets and the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Angels and the Cubs and the White Sox. But you still have to compete against those teams that are spending. And, that, the, that and every single year, the money. Cardinals have a winning record, and every yeah. single year they're competing for the playoffs. But Randy, we haven't. We want to win championships here. Well, they want to win championships in New York with the Yankees too. <laughs> I agree. Right? I agree. Yeah. So uh, I don't. I don't. I think the Angels probably have wanted to win championships. I think the White Sox have probably wanted. Well, they did win in two thousand five. So it's. It doesn't matter how much money you spend. Everybody wants to win championships, but it's. It's not easy to do. I think that's one of the things you have. People think, okay, well, let's have a five hundred billion dollar payroll, and that will. That means we're going to win the World Series. No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that. No. no. Uh, thanks for participating. Ask Uncle Randy. Coming up, the opening drives Christmas song draft. That's right. We're going to draft Christmas songs, and you have to vote on the best group of Christmas songs chosen. That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It is time for the first, you can't call it first annual until you have a second one. It's the first <laughs> opening drive Christmas song draft. Matthew, Carrie, Randy, we had a coin flip during the course of that commercial break. And Carrie won. Matthew finished second in that coin flip competition. I finished third. So with the first pick in the very first opening drive Christmas song draft, Kerry Davis is on the clock. There's a lot of pressure. I know. You know, I, I'm looking at my list and I'm 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 checking it twice. As, oh, <laughs> you like boo, boo. <laughs> and so I think because I have the first pick, I'm going to ruin a few, break a few hearts in the room. Okay. I'm going to go with Mariah Carey. All yeah, I want for yeah. Christmas.
done much better than that with the first pick. Well done. Well thank done. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, Matthew, you're up. All right, well, if that's uh, going to be the first pick, oh, I, I, I got it this time. Uh, that, that's what's going to be for the first pick. Well, then I think I'm running up there with my card. This is pretty simple, and I, and I got some stats for you, but we'll, we'll, we'll say uh, the pick is in. All I want for Christmas is the highest, is the most, is the best-selling Christmas song of all time. The best-selling Christmas album of all time is Bing Crosby's White Christmas. I'm taking the titular song from that album, Bing Crosby's White Christmas. Uh, so I'm going to have to... Uh, Randy, you were up on the hot corner. You got two yeah, in a row. I've got two in a row. Okay, uh, you've heard this before. and uh, Is the pick in? Uh, not quite yet. Oh, okay, Randy. Not quite yet. Debating here on the he, third he, overall he pick. He is checking it. Wow. He's looking. He's right. thinking wow. about... And he has back-to-back picks. Yeah, I do. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm a St. Louis guy. i got to go with my St. Louis guy. The pick is in. So, um, interesting third pick. All right, what is it? What what is the fourth overall pick in the draft, Randy? I'm, I'm just, this is this is a this is a linchpin pick. A lot the, the entire next two rounds, I think, goes off what Randy takes right here. Really? Yes, I think this is I think this is a crucial pick for what happens here. Okay, well, uh, I'm going to go with one then that we've heard on this show before, and it's relatively new, but it's the first song you hear. In the greatest Christmas movie of all time. <laughs> Christmas in Hollis by Run DMC. Oh, oh, man, Randy, you got me. Oh, Randy, that is a. Oh. I love this song. <laughs> that is cool, Nick. It is. That is an absolute. Oh, that is an absolute steal of a pick. That's a great by song. Randy character. Wow, that was a good pick. Thank you. I did not. That was, that was that was on my list for next, Randy. The first <laughs> overall pick kind of threw me off, threw my game off. Wasn't expecting to be the first overall pick. I felt like I had to take Mariah Carey with yeah, that Yeah, you one. did. You did. Felt like I had to. I'm extremely happy this has fallen to me. This was in my. This was a, this was number three on my draft board because I didn't even have all I went for Christmas because I wasn't expecting the number one pick. This was number three on my draft board, so I'm getting it. Fifth overall, I'm pretty happy. The king of rock and roll, ladies and gentlemen, it's a blue Christmas. Elvis Presley and blue Christmas. That's fifth great. overall pick, my second round. That was absolutely, now I don't, we don't have the, the highlight, but that was definitely on my board. It's my turn? It is your turn. You yep. pick in? So I'm uh, just going to write down king. <laughs> <laughs> my pick is in. And this gentleman started with his brothers, went on to have a God long, outstanding career, dang it. solo career. Maybe some say, call him the king of pop. Dang some people it. say he's the, the best to ever do it. With the second pick, for me, 
It's going to be Santa Claus is Coming to Town by the Jackson 5. God, okay. That's a good one. That's a good one. That was if I was getting that in the third round, I was gonna I was gonna say I was walking away with this one. Gosh, that's a, that's good, a good one. one. Now you get another one too. Oh, I do. Yep. All right. All right. Hot corners turned around to you. Um. All right. So I'm gonna. Okay. I, I can come back. I, I might be able to come back to that one. I think I'm gonna go with because I sent you the the music for this one. Okay, you got it. Um, oh, this is a good call. Yeah. My my other Take song it. that I chose Take it. would be "This Christmas" by Chris Brown. Christmas time. Yeah. All right, that's a good, that's a good one. That's a good one. Sorry, I had to do it. If I'm gonna take a shot of Bing Crosby, I can't can't just let Chris I, Brown out here. I understand. Not third take, third not, rounder for Matthew Rocchio. Not catching strays here. I'm gonna go back to the well of an old classic. People might be confused here by the name, but but when I tell you, when I explain it here in a moment, I'm going to go with The Christmas Song by Nat King Cole. That is the it's iconic, of course, song, yeah. chestnuts roasting on ah, an open fire. That's, like that's that the Christmas song. Iconic. You hear that song, and if it's if it's not snowing outside, it feels like it is. Nat King I, Cole, I, I this like Christmas that. song. Or The Christmas Song, excuse me. All right. Cool. Okay, good. I like, I'm I'm glad you did that. Okay, so I'm going to come back to... Uh, <laughs> oh, wow, wow, wow. No, no, I'm, I'm glad you did uh, that. Hold a on a second. Call. Okay, so I, I've got a couple that... Uh, actually, this is the one that I, I can't wait to hear every Christmas. And I actually uh, have this uh, in my phone, I think I do, yeah, with my uh, YouTube music thing. I met a man who lived Perry in Como, no Tennessee. place like home for the holidays. Perry Como. He was Pennsylvania and some homemade pumpkin pie. You know, I tell you, I tell you what we got on this draft, Randy Carriker. We got some crooners on this draft. Oh, big time. Sunny shore, from Atlantic to Pacific. See, the traffic is terrific. All right. I also promised. Joan, that I would take this one, so my wife, with my fourth round pick, selects From the Waitresses, Christmas Wrapping. It's thinning out for me here. I'm glad I only have one pick left. It is starting to thin out a little bit. I have two picks, and you know what? I like my late picks, and I really want to get this one out here because I'm afraid one of you might steal it because it's it's out there, and you guys know I like it. I know you won't, but I'm going to take it anyway in round four. It's one of the most underrated Christmas songs made in the last 20 years. That's Santa Stole My Lady by Fitz and the Tantrums. Songs. If you ever watch the show New Girl, 
uh, you'll notice that they played that. So they slipped that song in the background of every single Christmas episode they ever did, which I always thought was a, yeah, nice. a pretty yeah. a pretty nice little thing to do. Carrie, it's back to you. You, you got for, two, for four, five. Wrap you it up, yeah. You close All out right. your draft. You got your first pick ready? I do. Here we go. We're going to go with a little Eartha Kit and Santa mm. Baby. Oh, great call. And sh- that's the best rendition, too, Eartha yes. Kit. So, and then my next one, I'm going to go back to that uh, that group that is from Indiana. Oh, Really? Yeah. They got another one, big one? They got another one. They got b- another big one? Yeah. All right, what is it? I saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus. Mm. I didn't know Jackson. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't actually know the, their version of this in my head. I've heard it. Okay. I saw Mommy I mean, I know the kissing song. Santa Oh, yeah. Okay. Claus. Man, you did y- that. Young you, Michael. You did yeah. that. You did that. You got, a nice, you, got a little, you got a nice little young Mike impression there in the voice, Carrie. <laughs> Back in the day, man, you know. He, he was going to go pro. I was going to go. Yeah, hey, you heard the call, too, y'all. I, yeah, I, I, I just forget, didn't yeah. work on it. I always didn't work on it enough. I always forget you were going to go pro. All right, it's back to me for my final pick. And this is a tough one. Do I go with uh, This is a tough one, Randy. I don't know about this one. All right. A little consternation in the room, but if I'm going to roll with Bing Crosby, if we're going to have Perry Como on this list, mm-hmm. then I can't leave Frank? the crooner of all crooners on that list. That is, of course, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow, Frank Sinatra. Mm. Absolutely. You, you knew where I was going with that one 100%, Randy Carricker, which mm-hmm. means it's up to you now for the final pick. Are you ready to close out the opening drives Christmas song draft? I will bring this card up to the podium. Hey, if Michael Jordan, Jeffrey Jordan is going to dance to it via uh, an electric train, then I got to have Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a Christmas tree. And a Christmas holiday. Yeah, so that's going to be my last choice. And I left some... Uh, hey, do we have a? Uh, is that a UFA un, undrafted free agent? It is. Yeah. Well, you uh, want to do that? Uh, yeah, so, I do want okay, to do that. Oh, I got first. one. I got one. <laughs> so, uh, you can go first. Can I, can, I, yep. can I take a different version of a song? You can. Ooh. Because I want to take Let It Snow by Boys to Men. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, okay. Because I'm going to do that, too. Just because <laughs> I like to. And I'm going to go super underrated here. I'm going to go with The Little Drummer Boy. Oh, I, that's not actually underrated. That is a, that I'm, is a good choice. I'm rolling absolutely with Any little, particular you, artist or any artist? No, just the, the original orders from the from the from uh, the, from the movie. Bing. Just, I think it's Bing Crosby. It, it's Bing Crosby. Yeah, I'll roll with the second Bing Crosby song. Okay. So yeah, I'm going with Little Drummer Boy. And since I recorded it and spent the time. Man, I'm stuck in St. Louis. He said, Be patient, Fizz, I'll be on my way. Two seconds later, hit this fool coming down my chimney. What happened to Rudolph? You not cool with him no more. Man, that fool old and slow had to take the six four. Anyways, here's your eyes. Where my rock? Outside. B2K, Santa Claus is coming to town. And I st- we, all of us, so each of us made six picks. There were 18, 15 picks, and then three UFAs signed. And nobody took a single Michael Bublé song. Yeah, or, we actually got a really angry text. <laughs> 618, no Michael Bublé. You guys are terrible. I will say this. Or Silent Night from The Temptations. That, that, yeah. that, that we, we, I, I, yeah. yeah. That, that's a bad, you know what? That's a fair one. But here's the thing. If anybody, anybody whose career revolves around just coming out and re-recording the same Christmas songs every year, I don't have a lot of respect for him. Oh, wow. Take it, Bublé. Yeah. Take it, Bublé. He's shots. fantastic, man. He's, ama- he's amazing. He's amazing. But, you know, I don't know, you know. 
He's a, he's a singer. He's not. He, he, he's just. He's just a, a guy. He he reads other people's words. Oh, so he's not innovative. He he's not a creator. That's he's what I'm just saying. a mm-hmm. oh, rock. You heard it here first, Matthew Rocchio. Yeah, don't come <laughs> so, at me with your Michael Buble love. <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, he's he's fantastic. He's he does. There's nothing wrong with the. Uh, in fact, many people I believe cover Christmas songs. I know. I'm just messing. Around. I think that's just, just it's a thing. Part of what they do. Yeah, I'm gonna come out with a Christmas album next year. Carrie, I would pay for your Christmas album in an absolute heartbeat. Yeah. Only so I could put it into a into a into a boombox and walk into the studio. Yeah, blast. I would love it. So we're going to put this up on the old Twitter machine and uh, and we're going to do a poll. And that's it for the the draft. Wow, that was quite a draft. We got a quick Tioli coming up next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text into 65780 and give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Carrie, Randy, and Matthew with you. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line at 65780. All right, CD, Carlos Correa signs the uh, 11-year, $315 million contract with the Mets. They already had Francisco Lindor under a 10-year, $341 million contract. Eight years left on Lindor's deal. Take it or leave it. In the eight years that Lindor and Correa are under contract to the Mets, the Cardinals play in as many World Series as the Mets do. Take it. Take it. I said it earlier. They spent a lot of money. Doesn't mean they're going to win championships. So you got to take that. You, you, I'm going to take it too. I mean, we do things the right way around here. And by the way, I think this is going to be a blessing ultimately for the Giants. You think so? I think the Giants. You think they dodged a bullet? I think they did. Yeah. Hmm. And, and I think Correa is a great player. But if they had concerns about his health to the point where they're going to turn their back on a press conference to give him 13 years. Pretty interesting. They have pretty good doctors out in the Bay Area. Yeah, or they told their doctors, yeah. eh, you know, yeah, take a hard look at this, and it may not be. Yeah, but they what they we wanted, wanted to sign him. They wanted a star. Eh, I guess so. I, I, it's it's we'll never know exactly. I guess yeah. you know HIPAA prevents us from finding those things. Somebody out. will find out off the. Somebody record. will find out. Yeah, I got a quick one. Yeah, uh, the Denver Broncos. Brett Rippon started the game versus the Arizona Cardinals. They won. Russell Wilson was out with a concussion. Take it or leave it. Russell Wilson is out for a, with a concussion for the rest of the season. I'm going to take that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you find ways yeah. to win games and score points. Yeah, yeah he's going to join Matthew Stafford on the, uh, yeah, the concussion you next year. The season. I'll see you next yep, year. No All doubt. Right. <laughs> All right, Matthew. What do we got on the text line? Need a microphone there. Microphone. I'll take it or leave it. The Battle Hawks will have an attendance of 50,000 by their third home game. Leave it. Oh, that's little a lot early, of people. Little yeah. early. Little early. Yeah, I, I have to leave that. I mean. Yeah, leave it. I mean, at their height and at the height of the Cronky Rams hate and wanting to prove ourselves, they were going to get 40 in the house. Where That would mean they would be selling out, you know, they would be having those ticket sales right now if they were. You'd think so, yeah. Like, that, that, the number would already be creeping up to, to the point where they would have to think about opening the. Right, the we're, we're two months away from yeah. their opener. By the way, the schedule for St. Louis City SC came out. I'm glad that they get to play Sporting KC three times. That'll be cool. That's awesome. And, and listen, it doesn't look like it's going to happen, but Inter Miami does come, they come to here. City Park mm-hmm. on the schedule. So you get the Messi Mbappe rematch. I'm sorry, the what? The who? Messi <laughs> for Miami, Mbappe for St. Louis. 
They, is he going to be the first overall pick in the Super Draft tonight? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. There you so, go. I seems mean, like, seems like a risky pick. It, 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 it's, <laughs> what's it, you don't think he's coming? I think he might hold out. Oh. Was St. Louis a French descent? Uh, Hello, yes. yes. Yes, of course. So it's it's all about a French thing for a He heard how we pronounce Gravois and said no. Gravois. Gravois, yes. <laughs> That's how they say it on my GPS, at least. Gravois. Uh, my favorite St. Louis GPS group, uh, King Shyway. That's my favorite one of all time. Is every time the GPS screws that up, I laugh. It's my I don't favorite. I know why I haven't done this yet. You know, you can get a GPS with Snoop. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that hilarious. be awesome to have Snoop that telling you where be. to go? That I, I, I think I kind of want Gordon Ramsay. If I make it like you make mm-hmm. a wrong turn and just just, just berates you. <laughs> Uh, Take it or leave it. Rocky will actually win an opening drive draft sometime in 2023. Uh, I'm going to take it. I'm going to leave that. that Rock, you and I have generally have no chance. (laughs) Our our, our well, which one was it? The food draft? The food draft, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Didn't go well. You and I were. My food takes don't go well on this show. No, not really. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) If you choose to use a fork, we will will allow you into the room and. Allow you to have a plate. Get Michael Yo back in the studio, please. <laughs> Boys to Men is a Z, right? Boys, the yep. number two men. Yep. Got it. <laughs> take, it or, take it or leave it. The Diamondbacks finish ahead of both the Dodgers and the Giants. Leave it. Dodgers, even though the Dodgers aren't loaded, at least you don't look at them and say, wow, they're loaded. They're going to be really, really good because they know how to be good. They'll, they'll be fine. There's just no. I mean, there's out. no way they're as injured as they were this like the last no. year, right? There's just, yeah. I just. I would be shocked. I mean, and the Giants will be able to pitch. Depth and their bullpen still sucks, but yeah. watch Shelby Miller. What uh, yeah, Shelby Miller is going to wind up being a Dodger special. Wind, he was electric last year for the Giants down the stretch, and he's going to wind up being great for LA because that's just the way things work. And the the Giants, I think Arizona probably has a chance to finish ahead of them. Giants won't be bad though. They've done a really good job of reshaping their. The rotation here this offseason. Well, I think it, I think it's fair. Take it or leave it. Cardinals finishes coming year with a top seven pitching staff. Now they didn't say Major League Baseball or National League. Let's go with MLB top seven pitching staff. Whoa. Uh, top, no, I'm going to leave it. What about NL top seven? I think it'll be hard in the, even in the National in the, in, League. In, yeah, because Dodgers are always going to pitch well. Padres are going to pitch well. The Mets, the Mets, and the Braves are going to pitch well. That's four. Yeah, maybe five. Maybe Milwaukee is really their rotation is really good. So yeah, maybe. Oh, okay, I'll go in top seven. League. I'll go top seven in the top half of the National League. Yeah. Okay. Take it or leave it. TCU can win the first round of the college football playoff. We'll leave, leave it. it. What are we doing here? What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are we playing Michigan, right? Yeah. Eh, leave it. You can have TCU that? colors on, but I'm I'm gonna say no. I didn't hear this one. Somebody says that their Google Maps says Ladway for Ladue. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's also a really good one. I like that's that a fantastic. lot. And uh, take it or leave it. Expanding the NHL playoffs would be a mistake. They're great as is and already pretty lengthy. I'll take it. Take it. Yeah, it's really I'm, set up well. They especially don't with, with, if you're talking about a play-in tournament. I, I am not a fan. Yeah, they don't they Leave don't that to the college to kids. That. Yeah, it's a good idea. Are you kidding me? Now, now only half the league gets in the playoffs now, guys. We, yeah. the, these, they added these two franchises, and now the the balance is all out of whack. We got to get at least up to like eighteen teams, I think. They yeah. were they had sixteen teams in the playoffs when they had 30. 21. Oh, 20, 21 teams. Yeah. Oh, that's they, awful. Yeah. I never realized that's it was mediocrity. that bad. Yeah. Oh my good yeah. lord! And you're yeah. a professional athlete. You shouldn't. That's why I am. I am steadfast on the Bucks. If they don't get over five hundred, should not be in the playoffs. I'm going to stand by that to the end of time. You, you got to get be over 500 
to make it to the playoffs. In your division, baby. I, they definitely shouldn't get a. They definitely shouldn't get a. You home shouldn't get game. a home game. Because you How win about your that? division. What if you win your division? No. They are six and eight right now. I'm not they even, may a, I'm end not even up, a Saints fan, and I still believe that. They may end up. You know, they're probably going to end up under, under 500, and they're going to be teams that they're going to be playing a what 10 and 7 team, a 11 and 16, 12 and 5 team. Why didn't that team win its division? Because that team might have the Eagles in their division, and they've lost one game all year. They don't deserve a home game anyway. <laughs> oh, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather see Dallas at Tampa. Thank you very much. So, I'm, I'm okay. I like the uh, idea of having is it starting a season saying, okay, let's win our division. And then That's, getting, yes, getting that, rewarded for but, winning your but division. You got to win more games than you lose. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about your division. It's cyclical. It's it's sick it is what it is. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. Coming up next on 101 ESPN. Think about not knowing anything about this Blues team is that we're in pretty good company. It's coming your way next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnooks Rewards. It pays to shop at Schnooks. Download the Schnooks Rewards app today. Gary Davis, Randy Carricker, and your St. Louis Blues are off tonight, off tomorrow night, and then they'll play Friday night, the 23rd, at Vegas. And the Blues, after losing 5-2 last night, are again in a situation where, and it's it's still early when you're relatively close, the Blues are in a situation where they're going to have to go on somewhat of a run in the second half of the season if they're going to make the playoffs. But, Kerry, when you look at the way the playoffs are shaking out right now, there's a lot of teams that have a lot of issues. If we just look at the Western Conference, Colorado, defending Stanley Cup champions, are tied with Edmonton with 36 points for the final playoff spot. Minnesota is only two points ahead of them in the Central Division. Calgary has 36 points and the Blues have 33. There's a lot of teams that expected to do a lot more than they're doing this year that are struggling for the first half of the season. The inconsistency throughout the league is palpable. Yes, yeah, and, and it's allowing the Blues to stay, I guess, closer than most people would have would have expected them to be at this point of the season. Um, you know, they are a team, as we said, we talked about it yesterday, trying to figure out who they are and what they are. I think at their best, they are a playoff team. And I think at their worst, they're they're bottom of the division, bottom of the league, um, because they they the inconsistency when they are not playing well is 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 infuriating at times. Um I guess one positive that you could take out of yesterday, they 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 shut down the penalty kill. They did not allow any goals mm-hmm. uh when they were shorthanded. And that's that was one of the things earlier in the season that you know, felt like it was a, a, a an issue for them, a constant issue. So they, they've been correcting that, I guess, over the last four or five games where they, they are playing pretty well when they're down, um, when they're shorthanded. That's a good thing. Um, and then the bad thing is when you uh, when you allow a team to get out to a three-goal lead and you're not, you know, putting pressure mm-hmm. on people and not not getting back and doing the things defensively that you did to win those games, that's the, that's the frustrating and infuriating thing. Last night's game was not... I don't think it's one of those games that you you look at. You're going to play 82 of these. You're not going to win all of no. them. And I think that was one of those things where you say, okay, you know, it's a loss. We'll rebound and we'll bounce back. The key is how they perform in their next game. 
do they have a little bit of a hangover from this loss, or are they back to what we saw during that four-game winning streak of being aggressive, being physical, and having great passes, which I don't think was great last night? And, Kerry, I think one of the things that's become pretty clear here is that they need a lot of guys to play well. And one of those guys he needs to play and play well is Jordan Cairo. He's become a really important part of this team, and he wasn't there last night. Mm -hmm. And he's a guy that like we saw the other night. He gives you the lead, and when you can play from ahead, it makes such a huge difference, and the Blues weren't able to do that last night when they fell behind. Cairo has become... Uh, and it's happened really quickly. It's it, it's <laughs> happened in like a 15-game stretch here. He's become a really important part of this team. Yeah, he's ascending, and, and we talked about it, you know, all offseason. We talked about, you know, could he play a 200-foot game? Would he be willing to do that? He's, he's made that transition, and, and it's really just a maturation of... I know what my team is asking of me. I know what they're requiring of me, and I'm willing to do that for the team. I'm going to get mine I, because I mm-hmm. am I am a, a skilled player. I, I am an elite player. I can do you know things with the with the puck that some other people can't do, and I can shoot it when I need to. But can I do everything else to help this team? And I think you know not having him last night definitely was impactful for them. They they don't have their guy that's going to score goals for them that they know is going to put the puck in the net. Um, but I, I wanted to ask you this, Randy, if you get a guy, you're, you're, he, because he's essentially your star player now. You can't have a guy running at him and no, hitting him no. into the boards and him being concussed. That cannot happen. It should not happen to the point where it shouldn't even be on the minds of, of opposing teams that, that 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 is allowed. You will not be able to take a run at our guy. It's like, would you? Teams wouldn't dare hit Albert. They wouldn't pitch it. They wouldn't pitch in on him and hit him or come close to him because you know your guy's going to get mm-hmm. hit next inning. You have to have that same philosophy as a team. We're going to protect this guy come hella high water. It's like you're going to make sure that he is the one, of, if anyone, is not getting ran into the boards, grabbing at his head, and and having to miss the next game because he is that important to our team. Somebody on that team has to take that role to make sure that that type of uh, physicality, does, physicality does not happen against him. Right, and what you have to do if you're in that situation is – you have to go biblical. You have to take an eye for an eye. And if they're going to take out your young star, you got to take out their young star. Go take them. Same thing. It's if, if our guy gets a concussion, then your guy gets a concussion. It has to be that way. Yeah. And, and that's the only way you stop things like that from happening. And and as I said, somebody on the team has to decide, hey, this is not happening to our guy. Let me go make sure that, that we send out a message to whomever wants to take shots at our guys. That's not what we're going to do. Because we're going to take shots at your guys if that's how you feel. And one night... And this doesn't happen in the NHL anymore, but it's one of my favorite NHL stories. One of the Red Wings, and I don't remember who it was, was bothering Brett Hull, giving him trouble. And Twist, actually, Tony Twist, skates over to the Red Wings bench and says to Scotty Bowman, hey, get your guy to settle down or Iserman will never play again. (laughs) And it was simple. (laughs) And he settled down. And, it, it, and because he understood yeah, yeah, what yeah, that meant. Yeah. And I'm not going to fight said, him. I, I think he said 19 will never play. Yeah. He, he said, hey, just get your guy to settle down or 19 will never play again. Yeah, get him to figure yeah. it out because I don't want to attack him. Yeah. I'm going to attack your guy because you're attacking our star. And generally, that generally brings people back to to the point where, oh, oh, oh okay. Hey, yeah. hey, big fella, don't, don't do that. Yeah. Because because if you're aggressive with my guy, I there is no, I don't have to be, I can be more aggressive with your guy. Because mm-hmm. I, there are no rules at that point. So I, I definitely think that um, 
you have to protect him and and protect your guys and make sure that guys aren't taking runs at him and, and aren't hitting them to the point where they have to hold their head and skate off because now they're concussed. We'll have to get your buddy Ryan Clark on the show sometime because I remember him saying one time on ESPN, and I think this was after your playing days, because I think it was when Wes Welker was with the Broncos, and Wes Welker took a cheap shot at one of the Steelers' DBs. Mm -hmm. And Ryan Clark said he went back to the Broncos' huddle and said, hey, you do that again, and this will be the last game you ever play. I think that was – it might have been – yeah, I might have been there. Okay. I, I believe because okay. I, I, I because he didn't was it in Denver? I don't know. Was it against Denver it or was it no, he wouldn't have played in Denver, right? Yeah, he well he oh, played he, once. Okay, maybe it was. It maybe might it have was. been it might have been Denver or or, or uh, New England, but I think I was there for the yeah. New England hit and it was brutal. We'll have to find we'll yeah. have to get him on yeah. <laughs> and tell that, him. That, that's, that's the, what you need. You don't you don't you don't say anything to Troy. You leave him alone. Mm-hmm. Troy is not if Troy is upset, the whole defensive backfield <laughs> is like a pack of hyenas. They they're going to attack you. So don't bother him, and you'll be okay. You can talk. You can talk to Ike. You can talk to Deshay. You can even talk to Ryan. But if you talk to Troy and he gets physically upset, uh-huh. it's a pack of hyenas, and they're all under 190 pounds, and they're going to attack you. That's that's how I envisioned them. Bernie Federico is next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues booth. Presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker. It is the opening drive on 101 ESPN. We go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, and Hall of Famer Bernie Federico joins us as he does every hump day, every Wednesday morning. And Bernie, good morning. Merry Christmas. How are you doing? Very good. Thanks, Randy. Merry Christmas to you guys, too. Uh, so uh, you've got uh, your adult kids. Is everybody available for you? Everybody going to be at the house this weekend? Everybody will be here. Yes, it's fantastic. Always nice this time of the year to get family together and uh, friends around. And it's, uh, it's it's my favorite time of the year. It's fantastic. Hey, let's talk about the Blues. They win four in a row, drop one last night. And with the way the schedule has gone, fourth game of a five-game road trip against a pretty good team, that's understandable. But I want to give your give have you give us your, your kind of 5,000-foot view of the, of the last 10 games or so. How do you think this team is going? Well, they're going in the right direction. There's no question they, they really have taken things up uh, defensively. I think the goaltending has been outstanding. And, and you know, it's, I think you've found some really good combinations as far as the line goes now, Randy. I mean, I think that the Chiefs have been searching to try to fight, find the right chemistry, the right combinations. And I think uh, now that he's got uh, Kyrou and Thomas back together and he's got, uh, uh, obviously, a really nice look, you know, with the, uh, Rich Neverich and, and – uh, Tarasenko playing with Shen. The O'Reilly line looks like it's good. You know, the fourth line is going right now. So I think this is, they've found some combinations that I think they can score some goals, and they are scoring goals. Last night was a strange night. I think, uh, you know, with no Kairou in the lineup last night, I think it took a little of the chemistry away. And I think the guys were just, I think, I don't know if they want to say tired, uh, but I think almost like mentally <laughs> drained from it. It's a long road trip, and especially at this time of the year, I, I think. Uh, Playing back to back was really tough on them, but but I like uh, the trending that they're doing. They're playing much better defensively. Obviously, the penalty kill is is way better. Special teams 
when that happens, uh, you, you know, you always get better. Hey, that's what I was going to ask you. The penalty kill has been doing an outstanding job. And um, what are your what have you what have you seen from them uh, that has really shifted and, and allowed them to do better in that in that um, in penalty killing? They're being much more aggressive with the penalty kill right now. I think uh, in the past they've been kind of sitting back and waiting to see what happens. I think they're a lot more aggressive now. Um, they're keeping things more to the outside. They've really cleaned up the inside of the slot area, uh, making sure that the, the puck doesn't get to the middle. And, and they've got sticks in lanes. I mean, penalty killing is really all about work, outworking the power play, even though you're down, uh, you know, man, if you still outwork the power play, a lot of times the power play gets gets pretty lazy. And I think that the, the Blues are making sure that's happening right now. They're the aggressors. Uh, they've done a really good job not allowing the the puck to come into the uh, into the offensive zone as well. So there's, there's a couple of different things. I really like, you know, what uh, um, Barbashev has, has been doing. Barbashev and Sod have really kind of been instrumental in kind of changing the way the, the, the penalty kill is going, and I think everybody's followed suit. But, um, you know, it's just your goaltending has to has to be the best, too, when, when you're shorthanded, and I think the goaltending has been really good as well. Hey, Bernie, uh, Barubi started playing Bujanovic more at center. Can you talk about how that transition can be? Uh, how how hard is that transition, or is it difficult at all? No, I think it's a little bit difficult. Uh, I mean, Bujanovic has played center before, and, and you know he really sees the ice well, and, and, and he's a really good passer. But I think, when, Kerry, when you look at it, um, it's really kind of – doesn't really matter who's playing center, who's playing wing, and when you've got some combinations that we have. I mean, Shen can play left wing, and he can also play center. He's good at face-offs as well. So uh, even though you can call Bucinevich the center ice uh, right now, I, I think that uh, for the most part, Shen has still been doing the the uh, heavy lifting there. He's the guy that's been going more than 200 feet. Um, he's the guy that's uh, the first guy in on the four-check, uh, and really the, the last guy back as well because he's in the first, first check. So the other guys are still going about their wing uh, positions and I think Bucinevich is maybe considered the center ice but once it gets into the offensive zone he's the guy who's responsible for making the plays but uh, for the most part I think it's just still he's, he's still to be in the winger position uh, even though he's, he's, he's considered the center iceman. Bernie, we live in such a microwave society, and it doesn't matter whether it's uh, sports or finances. We, we want it fast, right? And so we all want a guy like Jordan Cairo to be great right off the bat when he gets to the, the NHL. And sometimes I think we, we rush guys because we think they should be better than they're capable of being at a certain time. It looks to me like Cairo is kind of figuring things out. Does it look like it, that to you? Yeah, he's really playing really, really well. I mean, uh, this is the, the best I've seen him play since, since he's been a member of the Blues. I mean, we saw flashes of that last year, obviously, um, and this year it was a tough start for him. But but he, he's found his groove right now. Uh, he's got great speed. He's got great great awareness out there, and he can find the holes. Uh, just the 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 the, uh, the chances that he gets off the rush uh, is incredible because of the speed that he has. But I think he's still finding his way. Obviously. You know, he took the hit the other night, and, and that's going to happen now. I mean, he's a marked man. Uh, he's going to be watched out there every time he's out there. So he's going to have to make sure that he, he, he you know, he's got a, almost that sixth sense to have the awareness that if someone's coming, he's got to make sure that uh, he's not going to put himself in a position where he can get hit as hard as he did uh, uh, the other night. But, uh, no, he's, he's figured it out, and uh, he's just – he's a little guy. I think that's the, the – the, the, I think if there's any issues with him, he's a small guy, so he's got to make sure that – you know, he learns how to play the way a small guy does. And, and uh, certainly he's got all the talent in the world and, and he's really shown us an awful lot. And, and he dearly was missed last night because of 
uh, he's a game breaker. I think that there's only uh, a few of those in the game uh, in any uh, professional you know sport. There's only a, a few guys that are what considered game breakers, and I think right now he's becoming one of those. And I think it's a very very special to have a guy like that on your team. Hey, what is his ceiling? Like, how how good could he potentially be? Could he could he? I mean, be a perennial uh, all star, a potential Hall of Famer, or, or is it too early to diagnose that just now? Yeah, I think it's too early, Kerry. I mean, uh, obviously he's got the skills and. I mean, he's got the speed. He shoots the puck as good as anybody uh, in the league right now. So, I mean, when you've got those two things right there, I mean, the potential is, is obviously there. But uh, there's so many things have to happen. I mean, you've got to stay healthy. You've got to, um, you know, you've got to do those little things. You're going to have to change your game because the, the people are going to are going to watch you a lot more. So, uh, you got to create more um, different ways to to get around those things. And and I think for him too, uh, he's going to get. Uh, you know, obviously he's going to get smarter and he's going to get bigger. I think he's going to have to get uh, a little bit bigger because he's he's a little guy and, and he's still young, though. I mean, he's, what, 24 years old. So uh, he's going to progress. And as he progresses, he certainly has the potential to be a great player. Bernie, enjoy this, your favorite time of year. We always appreciate talking to you and we're, we're thankful that you're part of the show every Wednesday. And we will talk to you next week as we head into 2023. Guys, always been a pleasure to be on with you guys. And you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Enjoy it. And I hope we get some snow. And I, I actually would like to do lots of snow on Thursday. But it usually, <laughs> That's it usually because you know how to drive in it. When, <laughs> I know when they predict it, it usually doesn't happen. So exactly. We'll have to see. All right. All right. Take care, Bernie. You're the best. Okay. That's Bernie Federico, the Hall of Famer on 101 ESPN. We do have our poll up for the opening drive Christmas song draft. Kerry Davis, Matthew Rocchio, Randy Carricker. If you just go to my Twitter page, at Randy Carricker. You can vote there. You can also vote. I'm sure that Matthew will retweet it at Rocky SPN and Kerry will also retweet it at Kerry Davis 38. So anywhere you go uh, to one of the three of us, you can vote on the poll and we want to know who you think has the best roster of Christmas songs. Coming up next on 101 ESPN as we roll on, we've got the fight. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight! In the red corner, Average Joe Listener! And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of Morning Drive! Please welcome Randy Carriker! Welcome back to the Opening Drive. I am Kerry Davis, joined by Matthew Rocchio, and it is time for the fight. And Rock, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, Kerry. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, you know what? I'm not even going to no, do it. No, do it. Do I, it. I, I was just going to ask. Well, yeah, what's up? How are your headphones doing this morning? Uh, they are. Uh, they don't like me. They are. And I don't like them. They're up 2-0. They're <laughs> <laughs> rocking his headphones. have had a fight twice, and their headphones have won two times. <laughs> He's right. Yeah, right. So I always say, Kerry, you have to be smarter than the inanimate object. That usually and I failed twice. It's okay. You know what? Third time's a charm, Rock. I believe in you. Fair enough. Yeah, All right, we'll happens see, again, yeah. I'm going to follow up on the next four. <laughs> Peter is our contestant today. Peter, how are you doing this morning? Doing very well, thank you. You ready to roll? Yeah, let's do it. All right, Peter, here we go. Which Cardinals first baseman was affectionately known as Cha-Cha? Was it Keith Hernandez, Pedro Guerrero, or Orlando Cepeda? Uh, Pedro Guerrero. Happy birthday to Andy Van Slyke. Which pirate did the Cardinals trade Van Slyke, Mike Dunn, and Mike Lavier for at the beginning of the 87 season? 
Was that Steve Lake, Tony Pena, or Jim Lindemann? Ooh. <laughs> let's go with uh, let's go with Pena. Happy birthday to Mike Allstott. Mike Allstott grew up in Central Illinois, but didn't go to fullback U. Which Big Ten school did Allstott attend? Is it Northwestern, Purdue, or Michigan State? No idea, but let's go ahead with uh, Purdue. That's because he wasn't a fullback. That's why I didn't go to fullback U. Gary, <laughs> he was a tailback now. at the time. There are two different Heisman Trophy winners to play regular season games in MLB history. Vic Janowitz was the first in 1953. Who was the only other player to do it since? Is that Mike Rozier, Kyler Murray, or Bo Jackson? Mm, I don't know. Murray play. Ah, uh, let's go with Bo. All right, we're going to double check our score and go get Randy Carricker. Peter, how you feeling? <laughs> not good, just like everyone else that does this. <laughs> you not you don't feel as like well. I say it every day. Sometimes when you don't feel well, you surprise yourself. Randy, Randy <laughs> does have a miracle. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe a Christmas miracle. It's been a while since Randy has lost one or even tied one. It's been a long time since you've tied one, and and it's been longer since you've tied. And, and he has he has one loss since the Thanksgiving holiday. Is that it? Yes. Well, Peter, today may be the day. We'll see. <laughs> Randy, say hello to Peter. Peter, good morning. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. Happy holidays. How you doing? Happy holidays. Thank you very much. Doing well. Great to hear. Thank you. All right, Randy, you ready? Ready. All right, which Cardinal first baseman was affectionately known as Cha-Cha? That would have been Orlando Cepeda, who na- nicknamed uh, the uh, the Redbirds. What was it, what the na- nickname of that team? I don't even remember, but he was Cha-Cha. <laughs> I hope this comes up later. Happy yeah. birthday to Andy Van Slyke. Which pirate did the Cardinals trade Van Slyke, Mike Dunn, and Mike Lavier for at the beginning of the 87 season? So it was Mike Lavalier. Lavalier, excuse me. Yeah, no problem. Uh, that would have been Tony Pena. I See, love that again, trade the date was made. The, this, is, this is the French's problem with us. I wanted to say Mike Lavier. Oh. Or, no. Like Lavier oh, yeah. or something like that. More like Vincent LeCavier or something like that. So Slick, who's probably listening... When he got called up, he got called up when Keith Hernandez got traded, June 15th of 83. Mm-hmm. And his first interview as a major league player was conducted by none other than Randy Carricker. Hey. Went over to the what is now the ballpark Hilton. He was staying over there. We went over to the patio, and I, I did a quick interview with uh, with Andy. And uh, we re- have remained friends ever since. He's, He's a, a train with his, with his sons. Oh, yeah. His, yeah. His, and all of them. Tough, yeah. good athletes, yep. right? Very oh. good. Did you answer the question? I'm sorry. He uh, did. Tony Payne, okay. <laughs> who got hit in his first series for the Cardinals back in Pittsburgh, got hit on the hand and was never really the player for the Cardinals that he was with the Pirates. Mm, that stinks. All right, Randy, happy birthday to Mike Allstott. Mike grew up in central Illinois but did not go to fullback U, University of Illinois. Of course he didn't. He's not a fullback. There you go. Which Big Ten school did Allstott attend? The A-Train was a boilermaker at Purdue. And there are two different Heisman Trophy winners to play regular season games in MLB history. Vic Janowitz was the first in 1953. Who was the only other player to do it since? Okay. Heisman Trophy winner that played a Major League Baseball game. They played regular season Major League Baseball games. Hmm. I should know this right off the top of my head, but for some reason it's not coming to me. Oh, Bo Jackson. (laughs) Do <laughs> you want to think? You want to think a little bit about it, number four? Do you want to? That's final answer. Is that your final answer? Yeah, final okay. Answer. All right. Fine. Well, Randy locks in a final answer, and this was a close one on the fight. 
Did Peter come in with only Randy's second loss between the holidays, or does Randy have a chance one more day to ride off with just one loss in this little intermittent holiday period? Ring that Just win, baby. Wow. Go crazy, folks! Go crazy! (laughs) The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is driven by Mobile On The Run. Join the On The Run STL Wash Club for a limited time offer of $5 a month. Download the app today. You know what? You know what? It, it just hurts. For those thinking that that was in, in accidental, that was intentional. Mm-hmm. He called a shot. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Peter, I'm sorry. You did great. You got three out of four right, but unfortunately, that sounder you heard you heard Mr. Buck, and that means that Randy got all four correct. It is a four-three win for Randy Carricker. Let's go through those answers. You heard them all from Randy, but just in case you didn't, Cha Cha was Orlando Cepeda. Also, Viva. Be- uh, was it Viva Alberto? Viva Alberto. Yeah, yeah, yeah they said so. Alberto. Yeah, Alberto's. Also, also known as the Baby Bull uh, in yeah. his time in yep. Major League Baseball. Andy Van Slyke was traded alongside Mike Dunn and Mike Lavalier. 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 Good catcher. Actually, probably more effective we, than Pena. Even looking at the baseball reference one, saying Lavalier is. Huff. Mike Lavalier at the beginning of the 87 season was for catcher Tony Pena. Mike Allstock grew up in Central Illinois. Joliet, but didn't find his way to Champaign because, well, he wasn't a fullback, and that's fullback you. He went on to Purdue, where he was, in fact, a Boilermaker, and then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And there are two different Heisman Trophy winners to play regular season games in MLB history. Vic Janowitz was the first in 1953. He was a halfback and a punter who won earlier uh, in the 50s of the Heisman Trophy, who was the only other player to do it since. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, it is Bo Jackson, who, of course, won the Heisman and then played for the Kansas City Royals. Again, it was a tough fight, Peter. A 4-3 win for Randy Carricker. Thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you so much for playing. Thank you so much. Happy holidays, y'all. Same to you. Thank you very much. I am We're on to Cincinnati. Oh. <laughs> Already? We're on to the, Close on to the next Bill one. Belichick line. That's just hurtful. So, okay, here's a question for you. Okay. And this can be opened up to the text line, too. Is the worst smell in the world driving on the on 55 through Joliet, Illinois? Uh, No. It would be right there when you get off of 270 going on to 70 oh, going yeah, west. Oh, yeah, that's pretty bad. That is awful. That used to blow over to Rams Park Ooh, when they were practicing. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah, that's bad. It's truly <laughs> like right when you drive through and there's those, those giant smokestacks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, that makes sense. That's pretty bad. And they've got it like a chemical plant there. Yeah, or something. Yeah. there too, I believe. They, Joliet uh, Blues Brothers, Joliet yeah, Correctional there Institution. There I, always went, I always went there on the train. <laughs> yeah. Straight on through. Yeah. Coming up next year on 101 ESPN, after signing Dansby Swanson and Cody Bellinger and Jamison Tyone, are the Cubs scary now? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Gary Davis, Randy Carricker, great to have you with us on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. And, Kerry, it's interesting. When we look back to last season, the Cubs overall were not that great. They finished 74 and 88 on the season. But if you look at the way things broke down for them, they got better as the season went along. And I thought that David Ross, uh, David Ross their manager, did a really good job. 8 and 13 in April, 12 and 16 in May, and 10 and 17 in June, 11 and 14 in July. But then they pick it up, go 15 and 15 in August, 15 and 11 in September, and then 3 and 2 in October. So 
after the All-Star break, they were 39-31 and 31 after going 35-57 and 57 in the first half. They had a pretty good group. Nico Horner had a really good year at shortstop. He's been replaced by Dansby Swanson and presumably will move over to second base. They had a hole in center field. The guy that I really wanted the Cardinals mm-hmm. to get, Cody Bellinger, winds up with them. And they added to what was a pretty decent starting rotation with the addition of uh, Jamison Tyone. I am, I, I'm kind of worried about the Cubs. I don't know that they're a team that is going to win 92-93 games. But if the Cardinals lose a key performer and the Cubs stay reasonably healthy, I could see the Cubs absolutely competing with the Cardinals in this division. Do you fear them? Do you feel like they have a a better roster, a better lineup than the Cardinals do right now? I mean, because if if you were to compare positions, you would say first and third would would be Cardinals. And catcher. Catcher would be Cardinals. Um, do you think did, I think Cody Bellinger and 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 Tyler O'Neill are somewhere in, in they're the same one's left handed <laughs> one's right handed right exactly because you don't know injuries obviously have have been uh, both of their issues throughout their their career well the last few years for yep. Bellinger and and yeah the last last year for Tyler O'Neill so I think center field if you were saying that Tyler Tyler O'Neill was your center fielder you would say that might be a wash so then you go to the corner outfield spots. And then you go up the middle for for short base, short base, shortstop and second base, um, shortstop and short second stop. base right now. Tyler Edmond and 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 Dansby Swanson, the six in one hand, half a dozen it in the really other. It really is, yeah. yeah it, I mean, it, it really that is. would be a wash. So as well. second base, it's Donovan who was terrific last year, but Nico Horner was one of the best defensive players in the league, and Horner. Uh, had a 327 on base, a 410 slug for a 736 OPS. He's he he's not uh, bad. And then in left field, they they put Ian Happ out there with Bellinger in center. And Ian Happ is a really good player. Who, by the way, is a Cardinal killer. He had a 781 OPS, 17 homers, 72 RBIs, and he's a guy that could hit. A, he will probably hit in the well I don't know he might hit the at the top of their lineup and then they got good work out of a young first baseman by the name of Alfonso Rivas last year that they expect him to get better I'm not saying that they're going to be great the Cubs mm-hmm. but I really like what they've done during the offseason and let me add this because Jamison Tyone is a nice number two or three guy at the top of his game two or three guy Probably in an ordinary year with a good team, he's a four or five, right? But Stroman was terrific down the stretch last year. Justin Steele has great stuff. Uh, we saw Keegan Thompson do some things against the Cardinals. He was a 10-game winner last year. Uh, Kyle Hendricks has been a Cardinal killer yeah. forever. So they, they've they got a pretty nice starting rotation. I, I think they've done a really nice job there. I, I agree with you, and I think you talked about Cody Bellinger being the guy that the Cardinals, that we were looking at and saying we needed a left-hand bat, we needed a, another outfielder. You thought we all thought that Cody Bellinger may be, you know, the person that they would go after. I didn't like the seventeen million dollar, uh, one year seventeen million dollar price tag. I thought somewhere twelve to fifteen would have been more sufficient. I think that that's probably what the Cardinals were feeling around that that number. Um, but I do like what they've done. It seems for a team to lose their catcher to their rival. It seems as though you would think that when that happened, mm-hmm. they were kind of in sale mode, not particularly trying to to win. Because if you really wanted to win, you would. Probably pay Wilson Contreras, um, but they chose not to, and so here we are. They're still going after free agents, and they're still trying to do something in free agency to, to build that that roster up and make them a better team, which is that, <laughs> the exact opposite of what I thought they were going to try to do yeah. this offseason. And by the way, because Bellinger was a free agent, 
he has a much better chance to resurrect his career as an everyday player in a home run friendly ballpark with Chicago than here. That was a good choice by Boris to get him there because if he gets back to what, and by the way, Dodger Stadium, he had 39 home runs playing his home games at Dodger Stadium one year. But it, he could hit 40 home runs at Wrigley, and he probably would not hit that many here. Yeah. And he'll, if he's hitting, he'll be an everyday player there. And the Cardinals have enough right-handed hitters that he would most likely sit against left-handed pitching if he played in St. Louis. What is what? Are the, what did you make of the Jamison Tyone signing? What are your your thoughts on him uh, coming over and 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 being in that starting he's got, rotation? He's got good stuff. I think he's been around long enough now that we know what he is. He's a number three guy. And with certain teams and for certain years for him, he's a number two. But he Mm -hmm. was a really good pitcher for the Yankees last year. And he's a guy that appears, kind of like Jordan Montgomery, appears to be past his injuries and be more of an innings guy. And he's just a really good fit for what the Cubs are trying to accomplish over there. So we went through the the lineup. Let's go through the rotation. Do you feel like their rotation is better than the Cardinals? You put Stroman versus versus Flaherty. Well, who, are you, who are you taking? There is the X factor. Yeah. If, if Flaherty is healthy, then all of a sudden that moves everybody down in the Cardinal rotation. Mm-hmm. If the Cardinals have to have Michaelis as their number one guy rather than Jack Flaherty, I'd probably take Marcus Stroman. Yeah, I would. I, I agree with that. Right, but if yeah. it's Flaherty, I'll take Flaherty. And then so you move to number two. And they'll probably have Thompson as their number two, and you take Michaelis. And then the Cardinals, let's just go uh, with Montgomery as the number three. Montgomery versus Justin Steele, probably a wash. Or Tyone. Or Tyone. So Montgomery and Tyone, that's still still probably a wash. wash. Okay. Yep. And so then you're moving down to hopefully a healthy Steven Matz, right? Are you putting yeah. you putting and, Matt as your fourth starter and then Wayno is five? Wayno five? Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll do that. So I, I think the real X factor here, I think they'd be very similar if Flaherty isn't healthy. But I think the Cardinals have a decided advantage if, if he Flaherty is. is healthy. That's the, the importance of having a number one starter. I can't wait till we get to the point where we don't have to say if. In regards to uh, to, oh, to Jack Flaherty, it's a free agent year. We are this year. <laughs> this sweet. year, we aren't going to say if you said we, that's sweet. That's sweet. <laughs> yeah, because is that, is that just wishful thinking, Rock? Yeah, <laughs> people people get really lucky in the years that they're about to become free agents. That's true. Uh, unless you're Lamar Jackson. Yeah, right. Been unlucky. Yeah, but more, more times than not, for P- for whatever reason, generally get pretty yeah, lucky. For whatever reason, players play out of their mind the year before their uh, contract is yeah. up. So hopefully he'll get lucky this year. Let's hope. Let's hope so. Yep. And healthy. Coming up next here on 101 ESPN, on the heels of what the Patriots did on Sunday, we're going to give you some of the worst plays in sports history here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Randy and Carrie break down the biggest story of the day on the Opening Drive. It's time for today's Big Thing. Nine oh four. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, Sunday, Vegas. Seven seconds left. Twenty four twenty four game. Patriots and Raiders. Patriots Radio. Down a third and ten. Three seconds left. Jones will give it to Stevenson. He's trying to run. He runs it up the middle. Hit by Chandler. Jones slips. Then across the forty five with a skipper off the tackle of the forty. He lost the football. And Jacoby Myers picks it up. He circles back and he throws it across the field. Oh my Jones. God. He runs to the 10! He runs to the end zone! 
This might be one of the dumbest teams I've ever seen. That's the Patriots analyst, Scott Zolak, who was saying, oh, my God, in the background and said, this is one of the dumbest teams I've ever seen of the Patriots. I love it. He was he. That, that's when you're extremely frustrated yep. and and just over it. Uh, you you can't. There are no words to describe what you saw when Jacoby Myers decided to throw. The, you see that on last second plays when they're when your team is down. Mm-hmm. When it's a tie game, <laughs> right. You just go down yeah. and go out of bounds and play for overtime. Yeah. But I think they had a brain fart, and one of them thought that it was it was they were down. And when when Stevenson pitched it back to Jacoby Myers, he's like, "Oh, I got to pitch it back too." And so it just kind of set off a domino effect. So this makes us think of the most awful plays in the history of sports, and that one was pretty bad for folks in Boston. So was this one with two out. along first, behind the bag, it gets through Buckner, here comes Knight and the Mets win it! Not that the Boston fans didn't deserve it, right? <laughs> but it's two pretty heartbreaking things that have happened there. Uh, they got the tuck rule. They'll be okay. Uh, they, they did get that. I'll say this. I didn't expect to find that a whole like nine-minute clip of Vince Scully during that at-bat. Oh. But that at-bat is epic. And having Vince, I mean, it's a six-minute at-bat that Vince Scully calls. And it's six minutes yep. of perfection of calls. So, if, I mean, if you're just looking, just not even to, to look at the Bill Buckner call, you just want to hear great baseball, Google the Bill Buckner call, go to the, the Vince Scully one they have up there. It's a fascinating little listen for like seven, eight minutes. Yep. So for me, one of mine was was J.R. Smith in the finals. Forgetting that the game was tied, thinking that LeBron, thinking that they were up by one, was going to just dribble it out. And you can see the, the the frustration on LeBron's face. Like, what are you doing? He tried to pass it at the last second. They got a last second shot up, didn't go in, went to overtime and lost. Hill misses. Rebound goes to the Cavs. J.R. Smith brings it back out. Throws it to Hill. Hill shot blocked. And will go to overtime. You get the feeling J.R. Smith thought they had the lead. He didn't know the score. I think exactly. That's a bad mistake by J.R. Smith. And LeBron James was trying to get a timeout. And LeBron James is wide open at the top when he gets the rebound. How can you not know the score at the end of game one of the finals? You forgot. You, I'm telling you, at times, sometimes you forget what's going on, and and you make you don't want to make it in that moment. That was one of the one of the worst times he could have made that that mistake. Okay. You just can't have that. If you want to make people mad on our show. All you need to do is play this. Centering pass, gloved out of midair by Bergevin. How long did he have that puck in his glove? Now the puck's in the net. The puck is in the net. I think Mark Bergevin may have thrown that puck into his own goal. Yeah, the Blues had picked up a one nothing lead against San Jose. They just won the President's Trophy. First round against San Jose, one versus eight. Yeah. Bergevin throws the puck in his own net. Blues wind up losing, wind up losing the series, uh, get knocked out in the first round. That's not great. No. Very frustrating. I know you had a favorite one from the 60s, too. Oh, yeah. Jim Marshall picking up and scoop and score just in the wrong way. <laughs> oh, hit the wrong button there. <laughs> I, I, those big old pork hands that Randy's got. Myra straight back to pass. Looking. Now stops, throws, completes it to Kilmer up at the 
30-yard line. Kilmer driving for the first down, loses the football. It's picked up by Jim Marshall, who's running the wrong way. Marshall is running the wrong way, and he's running it into the end zone the wrong way. Thinks he scored a touchdown. He has scored a safety. He was so happy. He was so happy. <laughs> was it the 49ers they were playing? Yeah. Then the 49ers yeah. offensive lineman come pat him on the yeah, shoulder like, good job, man. He's like, what the hell are you patting me for? I just scored. And they're like, nah. Nah, nah. you did. You did it for us. <laughs> that amazing. is amazing. Oh, here's another one that is kind of unforgettable. This was uh, from Thanksgiving night of 2012. You got a busted play here and then oh, no. Sanchez gets hit, the ball is loose, and it's alive. I have never seen this before in my life. Watch this. Vince Wilfork is going to throw Brandon Moore back into his quarterback. He's going to fumble the football. This is what Reggie White used to do to people, forklift them and just lift them off the ground. Mark Sanchez not expecting it, and it was the backside of Brandon Moore that knocked my teammate, Brandon Moore. Forever to be known as the butt fumble. <laughs> the butt of the butt fumble. <laughs> we, got, <laughs> we got some texters. Chris Weber's timeout was oh, a, a, the, a you, cr- incredible blunder. You want to hear that? Yeah. Long. A two to tie. Michigan will have to bring it. Oh, he in. walked. He, he walked in. The referee missed it. Weber brings it into the front court. They have no timeouts remaining. Oh, he caused too many timeouts. That's a technical foul. He called a timeout. Michigan doesn't yes. have any. He got by with a walk, and Jimmy calls a technical. He, he calls a timeout. He doesn't realize that's Michigan's too many, and so it'll be a technical foul. North Carolina shooting and the ball. And North Carolina goes on to win the national championship. They did. That, that was probably, I think Chris Weber still sits with that to this day. If you look on the bench, there's somebody on the bench saying timeout, timeout. And when Chris calls a timeout, that teammate's like, yeah, good job. And they're like, oh, no, we don't have any. One more I got for you. This is the 2005 British Open. Jean Vandeveld needs to shoot a six on the par 4 18th to win the tournament. His tee shot's 40 yards right. His second shot is off the stands in the deep rough on the right side. Third shot, he goes for the green rather than hopping back on the fairway. But because he was going for it, he goes into the water. Takes off his shoes, pulls up his pants. He's in the water. Now, I don't know. We've Many of us have tried these kind of shots, but he's going to sink deeper and deeper. It's all silty down here, and I don't think he's going to last very long. No, this this really is beyond a joke now. He's he's, he's gone gaga because this is uh, this is quite. I've never seen anything like it before, and to attempt to hit the ball out of there is pure madness. Because he could hit the wall, go back in, the ball could hit him, he could end up not finishing in the top twenty. Vandeveld did come to his senses. He put his shoes on, put, pulled his pants uh, back down, and decided to take a penalty behind the water, laying four. Next one goes into the bunker, gets it up on the green, takes an eight, but still made the playoff and lost in a playoff. Oh, my goodness. That yeah. is what absolutely ever. ridiculous. It's amazing how many bad plays are out Leon there. Leon let on against the Dolphins mm-hmm. where he, he well, for whatever reason, it was – a blocked punt. He, I mean, a blocked field goal. Didn't realize. Yeah, and, and goes down the there and touches it. Um, then Leon led again in the Super Bowl yeah. when Don Beebe stripped him, running, chasing him down. Shout out to Don Beebe. Um, <laughs> you got a couple of fifth down Mizzou techs on here, Rock. Oh, I don't know yeah. if you wanted to talk about that. I don't know if the that, well, that's it's not the reason it was a bad play is because on on fifth down Charles Johnson didn't score. Well, here's the issue: if you're Mizzou, don't you realize how many downs there are? Yeah, I, 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 you were at a game where we, where the referee 
it gave us it made it fourth down and it was still third down and I right, I, yeah. I completely yeah. lost my mind. Yeah. Like you 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 stole a down from me. The Mizzou should have yeah. known that that was that was that was wrong. I don't know what was going on with the coaching staff there. Uh, Mike Jones was a running back at the time for Mizzou. Mm. He saw the whole thing. He knew what was going on. Yeah. But there was nothing Mizzou did to fix hey, that problem. You got to run on the middle of the field and, and stop. Yeah. Halt. Yeah. So those are some of the worst plays in football history. But right at the top of the list now is the New England Patriots, and we're proud of that. Yeah, and the, you, uh, yes. Can I add one? Yeah. It's not actually on the field, but it makes it gives me great joy, and it's Steve Bartman. Yeah. That gives me great joy. Like, I, oh, I, it gives me, no. not for Steve, because he didn't deserve right. that. Yeah. Moises Alou, you, you do be, be better. Jerk. But, you know, the fact that they blamed that man, it's just, it, I, you know, I'm a, I, yeah, anything you, against the Cubs, sign me up. If you think about ones that, like, changed lives, like, reverberated for years later, Steve Bartman, I mean, Chris Webber. And like the beef that it created at Michigan from the fallout of that play yeah. and everything, that lasted until like a year ago when him and Jalen Rose finally squashed yeah. it. There's a great video from Secret Base on YouTube that goes through all the reverberations that the league felt from the butt fumble. Like the butt yeah, fumble right, was literally right. a pivotal moment in NFL history. Yeah. Hmm. It's crazy how yeah. many of these things have 10, 20 year reverberations later on. Kerry, you know why when you were winning all those games you do victory formation? Yeah. Here's why. Play and the clock winding down below that. As the clock winds out on the Philadelphia Eagles, a game they thought would project them into a possible wild card position. It would bring them 7-5 and five had they won. But a late interception by the Giants will preserve a Giant victory. An upset win as the Giants lead 17-12. to 12. We're inside 30 seconds. The Eagles have no timeouts. Wait a minute. Here's a free foot. I don't believe it. The Eagles pick it up and Herman Edwards runs it in for a touchdown. An incredible development. Just like the opening game of the season when the New England Patriots were running the play, the game out against the Washington Redskins, a fumble. This is the most astounding development. This is even more unbelievable. The miracle at the Meadowlands, a fumble. Yes, it was Joe Pizarczyk trying to hand off to Larry Zonka and it was returned, obviously, for the touchdown. And forevermore, we've had victory formation where the quarterback just takes a knee. Returned by Herm Edwards. Yep. Yep. Pretty awesome. So those are the worst plays. Brad Underwood, getting ready for bragging rights, will join us next. The Illinois coach here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're going to have a fun bragging rights game Thursday night over at Enterprise Center. It's the annual game between Illinois and Mizzou. And, Kerry, this is going to be one of the most fun bragging rights games that we've had in a while. And part of the reason for that is that both teams can really score. They love to get it up and down the court. Mizzou is fourth in the nation in scoring at 88.4 points a game. And Illinois is right there in the top 30. And they get the ball up and down the floor, too. And both teams, it's not just scoring, but both teams run and play a really entertaining style. Yeah, you know, the Illini are, Brad Underwood is, has been there for a number of years. And, and I really like his intensity. I like what he brings, you know, to the team, to the to the university. Um, and, and I think this year has been a, a challenging year because you lose so many players from last year's team via transfer portal, uh, graduation. Guys are, this team is vastly different from the team that they had last year. But you're still sitting at 8-3 and three, um, with a big win versus Texas. Now you, you take a loss to Penn State the very next game, which I'm sure is just a case of, 
of being a new team and being mm-hmm. being a little bit you know younger and and just guys really learning and gelling uh, together. Uh, and on the Mizzou side, we had Coach Gates on yesterday. He's enthusiastic. They're they're playing very well. Um, one loss on the season to KU, and they have a tough stretch coming up here where they play uh, Illinois, then they go to Kentucky, then they play Kentucky, um, and then I think it's Ar- at Arkansas. So they right. they have a team um, that is a young group of guys that are still figuring it out as well, but have played well. So I, I do think Randy is going to be a great game and. You know, the Mizzou-Illinois, the bragging rights game, to me, is one of the, the better venues, events that, that take place, especially in this city, but, but really in college basketball. I, I, if you've never been, you have to go because the event in itself is just pretty amazing, and it, it's fun to see, you know, how half of the, the arena is split in black and gold yeah. and, and, and orange and blue on the other side. I think that's awesome. I don't think there is another annual event like that, right? Because yeah. Duke, North Carolina, they play twice, once at each yep. each venue. All. How many neutral site rivalries are there in basketball? There's really not none that I can think of off the top of my head. I, I think of um, I think it's the, the the world's largest tailgate in football is yep. that Georgia and, and, uh, and Florida and Florida and so that is is probably a game a neutral site that you see. But for the most part, when you playing when you have a rival and and this is a, this is a rivalry because they play every single year. It is a neutral site and and it is split in half. It's, it's absolutely amazing. My first time going. Um, I don't know when it was, so it was years ago. But my first time watching it, I was just, you know, blown away by how that event was put together and how those teams and those fan bases show up and really show out for their for their teams. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be interested to see how the Mizzou defense steps up. That's one thing about Illinois is, and Coach Gates talked yesterday about how they want to get better at some things, and one of them is the turnovers. Their, their assists aren't where he wants them, but. Illinois is going to play a stifling defense. So if there is kind of the irresistible force against the immovable yeah. object, that might be the part of the game that really sways it one way or another. Yeah, Illinois is, is as I said, Coach Underwood is an intense gentleman. If you've never seen, I haven't watched enough of Coach Gates to see, you know, if he's that intense type of a guy, but Coach Underwood is a an intense person who you don't want to mess up. You don't want to, you want to do things the right way. And and I, I think that's just the fire and the passion that he brings. And when you're generally, when you're like that generally, you, your team plays good defense. That's that's how you can make your 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 team better. Is the transition game from defense to mm-hmm. offense, and so I do expect the the Illini to have to slow down. I don't know if 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 they can shut down Mizzou in terms of how how well they score the basketball, but slow them down just enough to be able to put more points on the board. Yeah, that's going to be the key, and part of that is going to be just slowing the game down offensively, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, if you have a team that is to the tune of fourth fourth leading scoring team in the nation, you need to have some type of adjustment to slow them down and not let them get out and get running. And and the one way you do that, it's not so much um, uh, getting back on. The, it's, it, you have to hit shots. If you hit shots, knock down shots, and they don't, and they're not able to get rebounds and take off, that'll slow the game down a little bit as well. So. Take, get to the bucket, hit your shots, hit free throws, do the things that you need to do in order to win. And opponents, by the way, hitting only 38.4% against Illinois this year. So they're playing lockdown defense. Awesome. Yeah. We're playing playing, playing really well. I just, I think, just I said, the, the, the team being up and down, winning that huge game against Texas and then having to let down against Penn State was a little bit, a little bit frustrating, um, and they were able to bounce back a win versus Alabama A and M the next next game. But yeah, I I definitely think that that's just the the case of a team that's still gelling and figuring each other out when you have so many new faces. And one other thing here, Kerry, and I, I don't know 
you know this better than I do. How will Illinois fans handle playing a game in St. Louis on Thursday night and then a game in Tampa on Friday night? Oh, Illinois fans will be where they need to be. They'll, 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 they'll I mean, you're going to be able to, it's supposed to be freezing here, I guess, Thursday yeah, night and Friday morning. It's a good time to get out of town, right? It's a good time to thaw out down in Florida. <laughs> yeah. So you've got, uh, it's the Radiance Technology, or no, what do we got? It's, uh, when do you guys play? You guys play in January. No, no, no. We played the 28th. 28th. 28th, right. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so Mizzou is actually the 23rd. Yeah. So Mizzou yep. has the, the, the two-day break. And, yeah, you guys are, what? I thought you were the, what's the, the name Lyquist? of that bull? Hmm? Uh, Illinois is the bull? That's um, that's, in, that's, in, that's in the new year. It's uh, January 2nd. Mm. January 3rd, isn't it? No. Am I crazy? Yeah, it's yeah. January 2nd. Is it? Yep. Thank you. Oh, I Not thought crazy. it was 28th. It is. Oh, well, you know what it is? It is, it is January what is that? The old, not the Gator Bowl. What 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 bowl was that? The Rely Quest the, was. What bowl? It was the other Outback Bowl. Outback Bowl. Outback Bowl. Yeah, that was it. And, and uh, because because it's a New Year's Eve bowl, we're actually going to talk to um looking like next early next week we're going to talk to head coach Brett Bielema before oh. the Rely Quest Bowl. Oh, new okay. contract, Brett? Huh? Yeah. New, new contract, Brett. Brett. Very nice. And <laughs> so he's Mizzou. New, now he's new. Uh, yeah. He's new uh, freshman signings, Brett. Today. There you go. Mizzou plays Thursday night and Friday, so their fans will show up. At Enterprise Center and then down in Tampa on, there you go. on Friday night. Coming up next, uh, and uh, I don't know what happened to Brad Underwood. Maybe Underwood and uh, Marmol are conspiring against us. I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, that nine fifteen slot's been tough in. for for the uh, for the show here the last I couple don't days. Don't like the holidays. <laughs> uh, Travis Ford will be with us, so he'll join us next on one hundred and one ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on one hundred and one ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. <laughs> Champ Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, great to have you with us after an exciting win over Drake on Saturday night. The Billikens are back in action tonight at Chaffetz Arena. SIU Edwardsville will visit Chaffetz. The head coach of the Billikens, Travis Ford, joins us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Coach, uh, good morning. How you doing? Good to have you with us. Good morning. Doing good. Appreciate you having me. Hey, we're, we always like having you, and we want to start with a couple of non-basketball things. First of all, you heard Matthew talking about the Mets. How about that Mets thing with the, with all the guys there signing? Wow, that's surprising. I, I didn't know it till this morning, and I was reading about it earlier. And uh, it's uh, nowadays it doesn't surprise me though. <laughs> you never know. I don't know if anybody surprises me anymore. So. Uh, it uh, seems to be kind of par for the course at this point. Okay, Tra- Travis, we just had one of our salespeople bring homemade cookies into the studio. I think Carrie dug in right away. I, yeah. I will. Are you able to avoid eating holiday cookies when people bring them to you, or do you, do you just chow down? No, I chow down, unfortunately. <laughs> I, uh, I'm definitely a big snack eater during the season. I don't sit down for many meals during the season, but uh, you put food around me, I'm most likely to eat it. <laughs> That's for sure. I am the same way, Coach. <laughs> it, is a, it is a struggle, and it is a real struggle for me. <laughs> Coach, uh, Gibson Jimerson graduated last Saturday, uh, last week, right before the game, and, and came out and had a, had a pretty good game. Can you just talk about what it means when your players are able to you know, go through the program graduate do all of the things that they need to do off of the court but also excel on the court yeah no question it's uh first of all it's an incredible challenge uh, being a student athlete being a student is not easy but adding athlete to it where you're you know we're asking them to practice two or three hours a day lift weights you're traveling a lot uh it's a it's a tough challenge but first and foremost every player i recruit tell them this is Coming to St. Louis University and playing basketball here is about the total experience. 
And it starts with getting an incredible education and take advantage of getting that education. It's not about just getting a grade A, B, or C, or whatever. It's about learning things that you can carry on after basketball. And, uh, you know, obviously we want them to come and get better at basketball and win basketball games and develop relationships and memories of a lifetime. But right now we have six players on our team that already have their degree that have already graduated. And we have one that's already into its second masters. So we're extremely proud of that. Coach, a few weeks ago, on the 10-year anniversary of Coach Majerus' death, many of his players were introduced at halftime of your game, and I think three of them were doctors. So that's just like what the essence of St. Louis University basketball, isn't it? Yeah, no question. Uh, there is definitely a priority uh, on getting a great education, getting your degrees, and uh, everybody goes into something different, uh, you know, whatever interests them. But no question, we have a you know, it, it's a special place to, to not just play basketball, but to get a great education. Travis, you told a story after the game on Saturday about a meeting that you had with Javante Perkins. And we don't know what's going on, but we do know that as a coach, not only are you a guy that teaches basketball fundamentals, but you've got to be a people person, too. Can you just tell our listenership about that meeting that you had with Javante before you guys played Drake? Yeah, no question. You know, it's. Probably the least thing I do is coach basketball. <laughs> That's probably the least thing I do. Uh, you know, obviously, Javante had a, a tough entry last year at a very difficult time. Here he is, preseason player of the year in the league, and, you know, on his way to do great things, and you come down with a very tough injury. And he's rehabbed extremely hard. He is back. His leg is very strong. It's, it's 100% healthy. But he's still working to gain that confidence uh, to get back to playing where he was and even better. And he's going to get there. And it's easy for a guy like him who has high expectations to get upset with himself, much less me being getting in the way of it. And I was getting in the way. And how I was getting in the way was I was being kind of short with him as far as in the games. Uh, I knew he wasn't playing the way he was capable of and, I gave him a little bit, you know, shorter time on the court when he would miss a shot or or wouldn't play defense the way we want to. And so I brought him in and told him, I take total responsibility. It's all on me. You should never lose confidence. You can lose confidence in me and let me gain it back. But I'm going to let you play. I'm going to let you play through some mistakes. And we're going to get you back to where you were. And uh, we had a couple of conversations, and, and it was on me. So... Uh, you know, that was pretty much the gist of it, and I thought he played better against Drake. Hey, Coach, you talked about the, the management skills to be a student athlete, uh, but how about the management skills to be a coach? I mean, you talk about you, coaching is probably one of the least things you do. I know as a high school coach, I'm a counselor, uh, an Uber driver, a food deliverer. I know you don't have those details, but but you do have yeah. the counseling part and having to help young men, you know, go go through this journey. How, how do you how have you been able to manage all of the time required to do that and also be be a family man and take care of your family in, in that aspect of it? Well, it's not easy, uh, that's for sure. I'm in my 26th year as a college head coach, and it's the hardest it's ever been, mm-hmm. probably the hardest. I tell people all the time, coaching right now at any level, as you know, is harder than it's ever been because these young kids today are juggling so much, and a lot of it starts with social media. Mm-hmm. And everything that they do is publicized 
across the world. Forget about in their own city. It's public rides across the world. I can't, I can't begin to tell you how many conversations I've had to have with players coming in who are really, really down, extremely down. I mean, more than you can imagine about what somebody said to them on social media, about what somebody said about them and DM them about their play when maybe they didn't play their best. It's one thing to do it to me. I, but I, it, it, I don't, you know, I, I think it's funny to an extent, uh, you know, but uh, as far as people saying stuff to me and things like that, but to go to some of these kids, uh, you know, if you want to be a fan of your team, be a fan through thick and thin. You could be disappointed that, you know, we lost the game. Absolutely. No more disappointed than we are. But uh, to get angry about it, and I, I think it starts with this social media, how hard it is nowadays. Um, and, you know, it's, 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 it's a difficult time for, for these kids as well as coaches. Hey, uh, Travis, a couple more things. Uh, Tra- Terrence Hargrove has been playing very well of late with a ton of energy. What do you expect to, as we get into the conference season to do with, with Terrence? Well, TJ is, I think, playing a really good basketball right now, uh, playing with a high amount of energy, uh, has rebounded the ball better than he probably ever has, and that's an area we've always thought he could get better at because he is he's athletic, he's got long arms, he's, you know, has a, a you know, obviously a guy that has a great feel for the game, uh, and he's rebounding the ball better, he's defending better. Uh, so I really, really like where he's at right now. And SIUE comes in from the Ohio Valley Conference, and they've kind of got things going. They are not a walkover, are they? Oh, no. <laughs> By no stretch of the imagination. Probably one of the surprise teams in the country this year. Um, you know, as far as maybe where they were picked in their league, uh, Coach's done an amazing job. Great individual talent. Guys that can really, really take you off the dribble one-on-one. Uh, they play well together. Tough, hard-nosed defense, turning their opponents over. 16 times a game. Uh, there's no question this is going to be a very, very tough game. Coach, thanks so much for the time. Have a, have a Merry Christmas, and I know you guys are back at it on New Year's Eve in Philly, so safe travels there, and uh, you and your family have the happiest of holiday seasons. Appreciate you guys having me on. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, that is Coach Travis Ford. By the way, tonight, just go to Gate B. For the Billikens game against SIUE, show them your Schnooks Rewards app on your phone and get free admission to the game. Go to Gate B, free admission to tonight's Billiken game against SIUE. Just show your Schnooks Rewards app at Gate B. Billikens and SIU Edwardsville. Pretty good deal. That is a very good deal. Free basketball is a good deal, right? Indeed. And if you haven't downloaded the Schnooks Rewards app, then you need to do that. Next up, we are going to talk to Brad Underwood. Missed him a half hour ago. We'll get him next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. With Super Bowl champ and Illini star Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. It is the Opening Drive on 101 ESPN. And tomorrow night, it's the annual Bragging Rights game brought to you by McBride Homes at Enterprise Center. Tickets still available. And we welcome to the Brown and Coupon Celebrity Line, Brad Underwood, the head coach of the Illini. Coach, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. I appreciate you having me. Okay, I want, you, I want to start with this because you've been around long enough to know how big the Bragg and Rights game is. How big is it for Brad Underwood personally? 
Well, it, it, it's big. I mean, it's it's uh, you know, I think that's one of the things we've taken a lot of pride in in our in, in our program is is to play in big games. Uh, we've obviously done that this year uh, with the with the Vegas games, uh, playing UCLA, Virginia, uh, obviously the Jimmy V. Uh, and then bragging rights is, is, is special. You're talking about a game that's 42 years old. Uh, this is, uh, uh, means so much to fans on both sides. It's a game that, uh, uh, you know, we do it in one of the best basketball cities in the, in the country. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's fun for all. Hey, Coach, uh, Randy swapped out Michelle, a former Illini, for me, another Illini. Okay, just showing how well us Illini do in the world, in the media, and how fantastic of a university we have there at Illinois and Champaign. Oh, it's the best. I mean, you're talking about a top 15 public institution, and and uh, you're talking about a university that's got uh, just, just booming enrollment. Uh, there's cranes everywhere on campus. Uh, we've got a football program that's uh, – uh, going to a to an elite bowl, um, you know Brett's done a great job. You've got our, our women's program uh, off to a great great start under Shauna Green. You've got uh, uh, you know buildings, uh, new facilities uh, led by Josh Whitman. Um, I, I think the orange and blue and the and it is has never been better, uh, and it's continuing to grow. We're not satisfied. We just moved into a forty plus million dollar new practice facility. Um, and, and about a month ago, uh, so we're um, you know we're in a great place. The State Farm Center's recently renovated six seven years ago, uh, so we can't be in a better place. And and uh, it's exciting times for all Illini. Hey, coach. Next time you talk to uh, Josh, Josh was a teammate of mine. Ask him what happened in the weight room on the uh, on the on the curl bench. He was he was doing something in a cable. Ask him about a cable snapping on him and, and see what he talked. See if he <laughs> see if he lets you in to what happened. Hey, the thing is, he's probably still. He might be in there now. <laughs> he probably uh, is. There's, there's no, there's nobody that trains harder <laughs> on our campus than Josh Whitman or runs more. Uh, but uh, uh, I'll make sure I ask him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brad, you have a lot of uh, new players this year, and for those that haven't paid really close attention to the Illini, you've kind of had to reinstitute that that Illini culture, haven't you? And, and it seems like recently, even though you've you've taken a couple of hits, that, that you've got your team playing Illini basketball now. Well, I, I, I'm excited. I, we're the second youngest team at, at Power 5. And uh, we're, we're truly, I, Dane Deja is not considered a freshman, uh, but he's a freshman. He played eight minutes uh, prior to his coming here. And, um, you know, the, the, the freshmen are growing up. Uh, we're the only team in the country that has two top 10 wins. Um, and you do that by playing good people. You do that by recruiting good people. Uh, our culture hasn't changed. Uh, the faces have. And, uh, you know, we've, um, uh, I think six of our last seven have all been high major games. Uh, that's how we continue to grow this thing. Uh, we continue to build it. Um, and, and again, we, we've got really high character guys that I love our locker room. Every player, uh, Matthew Meyer, Dane Deja, Terrence Shannon all come from programs who've won national championships or at least been to an Elite Eight. And every high school player we've signed is a state champion. And so the culture hasn't changed. The establishment of of winning and, and, and development and work. Um, game experience we may lack uh, in some areas, but uh, the culture, the fight, the, the character of our young people, 
is off the chart, and, and that's something that we're never going to jeopardize here. Coach, how difficult is of a task is that when you have so many new faces uh, due to the transfer portal and, and guys graduating and you got all of these younger guys in, how difficult is that to, to continue to watch this team grow? And at times you, you may have a game where you beat a Texas, but then you have a letdown against Penn State. How, how hard is that for you all to, to manage day in and day out? Yeah, Penn State's really good. And, and I think the one thing that, you know, we're obviously in the time frame right now with, with the COVID extra year where athletes have never been older in college. Penn State is the oldest team in college basketball. Mm. And, and, you know, they're really good. And they're very well coached. And, uh, you know, it's a game that, that we didn't handle. And, uh, you know, we've got to learn from those mistakes. And, and you come off a, a game in the Jimmy V. Um, and we can say what we want. There's no bigger game than the Jimmy V in the non-league. Uh, it's in Madison Square Garden. It's always ranked. It's it, they, ESPN advertises that thing for two weeks. Um, it's a big deal. And we just emotionally uh, didn't get up. And that's not to take anything away from Penn State. They 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 outplayed us. And uh, but um, you know the good thing is it's uh, uh, it's a group that that that's really wants to learn they want to continue to grow and get better um and uh you know that that excites a coach brad underwood head coach at illinois they take on mizzou tomorrow night the bragging rights game at enterprise center dennis gates when it, with his first year with the tigers what have you seen so far from them yeah he's got them playing really really hard uh you, you know they're they're a deep team uh he's done a great job in the portal uh of of bringing in age they're very old. Uh, there's a lot of new faces, and yet Kobe uh, is still a guy who's who's the mainstay. He's a, he's a guy that's been there. He's been through this game, uh, and uh, and he's he's off to having a very good year. Uh, yeah, Dennis has got him playing very hard, and and they're you know they're playing very fast. They're one of the fastest teams in the country in terms of, of possessions and tempo, um, and uh, they run a ton of bodies at you and. Uh, that's that's uh, you know Dennis is putting his his handprint on that program. Hey, coach. Last question for me, and and uh, I know this kid was a was a close was very close to you, and and I'm sure you're very proud of him. What have you seen from Io this year uh, playing with the Bulls, getting some starts, and and been playing very well? Well, Io's a rock star. First of all, people don't he's he's, he's a better human being than he is player, and that says a lot. Uh, uh, but uh, you know he's made his way. Uh, you know, he, he was, he's been starting for off and on. He, he went through a little injury, had an abdominal injury. Uh, but, uh, you know, you're talking about a guy who, who, who was a pro long before he was a pro. He was a pro here in terms of his ability to uh, work out, his mental approach, uh, his, his ability to handle responsibilities. Uh, you know, he's going to be in that league for a long time, and, and uh, we're very, very proud of him here at uh, the University of Illinois. Brad Underwood, good luck tomorrow. Thanks so much for the time. Welcome back to St. Louis and have a great Christmas and a happy 2023. I'm sure we'll talk to you as it unfolds. Yeah, Merry Christmas to everybody and uh, hope to see you tomorrow. You bet. Thank you, sir. Thank you. That's the head coach of the Fighting Illini, Brad Underwood, joining us on 101 ESPN. I didn't get an an ILL before he got out of there. Oh, you always get that from Coach Bielma, who's going to join us next week, by the way. There you go. We'll get from here. By the way, uh, St. Louis was very proud of you yesterday for giving Coach Gates the, uh, the ah, That still makes me, I'm, I'm a little nauseous behind it. <laughs> I can't, you know, my daughter wasn't listening. I, I think she was at work. She she would have been happy. But 
I, I'm not very proud of that moment. It's one of hey, my- she'll she'll give you that look <laughs> like like a daughter gives a dad, and you'll you'll turn right back around and become a Mizzou fan. You M-I-Z, are Terry. You are probably Terry. Oh no, coach! Z O U. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so I had to had to bathe after that happened yesterday. It was felt a little dirty. Imagine the Christmas present you're going to get from your daughter oh, now. Yeah, oh, yeah, sure. I'm sure. Sure. Uh, a Mizzou hoodie, maybe a nice oh, no. nice beanie to, to replace the one you got rocking right oh, now, Carrie. Complete no, thank that, you. that whole black and gold look you love so much. I'll you know? pass. No, thanks. Oh, okay. Fine. I'll pass. Great job today by our producer engineer, the one, the only Matthew Rocky. Thank you, sir. Pleasure. Uh, CD tomorrow. Doesn't get any better for you. We got uh, we got Justin Gage coming into studio. Oh yeah, good good fun. Yeah, hey, Justin's my guy though. So it, it, you know we can have a little banter going back and forth. That'll be fun. We'll yeah. have him joining us in studio tomorrow at the beginning of the nine o'clock hour. Uh, great job as always by you. Thank you. Man. There it is. Oh, there it is. I was I was I was unprepared this time. And Rock, you got it. That's right. Yeah. And we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of us until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar... You're in. Cool. (laughs) Yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC.